say something, goddammit. You're on television. You're live to the whole world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another movie podcast. With me today, as always, is... Ralph. And I'm your host, Oscar. And today's episode is number 138. Yes, I had a tab open a second ago. 138. And uh, today's movie reviews, I have a little special something I'll explain in a minute. Um, it's going to be, the three main movies are going to be No Time to Die, the latest uh, 007 Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to review Venom, Let There Be Carnage, also in theaters like the Bond movie, the sequel to the semi-hit Venom movie that came out a couple years ago. And then... As part of our marathon, where we're doing anniversaries, we're kind of you know covering anniversaries of big movies or big movies for us, personal picks or whatever. We're going to talk about a thirtieth year anniversary of Boys in the Hood. Yeah, it's going to be fun times. You can always find the show and all of our all of our other episodes over at uh, otherpodcast.com. That is otherpodcast.com. Check the show notes if you want to find it. And uh, over there, we have all of our previous marathons. We went through a big one recently. And our current one going on right now. Not to mention, you know, everything else we've done over four years. Plus. Um, anyway. Um, and uh, we have kind of a lengthy, well, at least I do, because I'm me. And people who know me know that I watch a lot of movies usually. So we're going to skip kind of part of the intro that we usually do. That we just kind of bitch around. Because we also have a heart out. So uh, we're going to get into right into recent discoveries, which is pretty self-explanatory. Roth, you saw one thing. Correct. Uh, yes. Um, I saw a documentary biopic or bio documentary sport movie. Mm-hmm. Yay! Things that I like. Um, I saw it called Schumacher. Do you know? Do you know who Schumacher is? Do you know the name? I know the name um, as you a film director. As a film director. Okay. Yeah, um, the, the guy who did Eight Millimeter and that one of the Batman movies and. Yeah, I figured you'd say that. Um. Okay, but do you know anything? In, Sport, sporting world. Sport, no. <laughs> no. Um, he is a uh, Formula One driver. Um, super oh. famous, super famous guy that was during our time, during our like childhood. He uh, started in like the late, early, early nineties, I think, or late eighties, very, very late eighties. Okay. And then uh, all his accomplishments were during the nineties, two thousands, and early two thousands. Um, so he's like, I think it was like seven time or six time world champion, which is a huge deal in this Formula One sporting world. And it's essentially his, um, his, uh, it's like an intimate portrait of him, of, uh, yeah, seven time Formula One champion. Um, you know, they do a lot of, uh, pictures and archival footage and all that stuff, interviews. Hmm. Um, and he's, uh, he had an accident, uh, is, and not in his racing career, in his, uh, after racing career, and like, I forget what year, the 2010s, I think, or late 2000s, late 20s, 2000s, aughts, yeah. um, where uh, he's, like, kind of, like, permanently paralyzed. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so, uh, interesting, uh, what's it called, uh, accident, no, 2013, he had an accident in 2013, a skiing accident. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so he was not going to be partaking in this movie, and... Um, and stuff like that, but the family did, and stuff like that. So it's an interesting thing to see, I guess. Um, and Netflix is kind of taking advantage of the fact that uh, they're invested in Formula One as well, which is that show. 
and um, they have a show called Drive to Survive that's kind of making like kind of getting like a reboot to or more fans for Formula One. And then with this, it's it's like a bigger deal. It's been, been made to come out for a while, but yeah, it's a portrait of his life. Um, not really self-explanatory, really. Um, if you're into it, a little long in my taste, shy of two hours, could have been an hour and a half, but I get what they're going with. Oh, and they explain okay. a lot of people because he did race against Senna. Um, actually, in the last race with Senna, when it happens, the the crash that happens is with him and Senna. Um, it's called before Senna um, dies or passes away. Um, and uh, so it's like it is like a pivotal moment. Like there's a lot of interesting. He's like part of his big history. Especially if you've seen anything with Formula One, um, it's uh, it's something that came up with during our time that it's like probably we missed out because we weren't watching this one, so, yeah, or didn't care enough. I guess. Uh, but it's an interesting uh, documentary to watch about uh, the guy because he was more like a sheltered, closed-off guy. So, yeah. Okay. Them, uh, them Germans. Oh yeah, I guess that does sound like a German name. Now I think about it. <laughs> now you think about it. Yeah, no, yeah, bef- okay, I, I didn't before, I guess, but it makes sense. Yeah, I never thought of it. it. Schumacher. Um, Schumacher. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, it probably means that that feeling when a butterfly lands in a hot summer day. That very spe- <laughs> <laughs> probably means all that. Very specific right. feeling. Um, I love the German language. Anyway, so that's what you've been watching. I saw six things. Now, one of them, uh, the first one I'm going to start off with is one that I'm going to caveat with something else. And that's, uh, I saw the the Sopranos film they did. It's a prequel called The Many Saints of Newark, which uh, you heard, right? You heard I have, it. Yeah. Are you planning on watching this movie? Or I have, curious? yes. Yeah. You saw The Sopranos, right? You were a fan of that? I don't know if you were. Correct, yeah. You were a little too young, maybe, to appreciate it back then. I don't know if you were. Well, listen, I got that show spoiled for me in uh, freshman year of algebra. And then my teacher, instead of teaching me, would tell me the recap of what happened. Wow. I saw a show week to week. That was insane. Yeah, so, so did she. Yeah, no, yeah, it was a big time in, in, in TV. Anyway, this uh, latest movie is um, written by David David Chase, who wrote and created the show of The Sopranos, so the original creator, and then directed by Alan Taylor, who is famous for directing a lot of HBO specialty TV shows like Game of Thrones. Did a lot of shit with Game of Thrones. He made his bones there a lot, and uh, well, made his bones in The Sopranos, really, but like after that in Boardwalk Empire as well and shit. So, um, I'm just going to say the movie sucked overall for me. It had a lot of problems with it. And interestingly enough, I have another, I'm a part of another podcast. I'm a co-host for another podcast called um, the Supernatural Occurrence Studies Podcast. And we all, we often, um, the co-host and I, the the, the, the host, um, Jay, Jason, and I, we often talk at length about nonsense. We always catch up to each other because, you know, we usually don't talk in two weeks. We text sometimes, but we don't, you know, it's not like we're person to person, you know, if we're not calling or seeing each other, we don't really know much. Sure. Um, but it, so, but the podcast is a perfect time for us to catch up. And obviously all that's basically nonsense for the show because our show is about supernatural and conspiracies and aliens and serial killers. So we can't really put that on the show. So what I do is that I just let the recording hang there and I kind of get bits and stuff and put it for, for outtakes because we usually end up saying a lot of funny things uh, or interesting. And I put it for outtakes. And we had a 30-minute conversation on this movie. It is basically a very solid review of the movie. Mm-hmm. And as an added bonus, I'm going to put it at the end of this show. Oh. 
So um, if you want to listen to thoughts, very specific thoughts, and there's spoilers all from the beginning, okay? So I'm just going to say that right now. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, definitely save that in the spot for your, for the, until you watch it or just don't or avoid it entirely. But it is a fun conversation. So I just took the outtakes and I'm adding it for this show um, as a fourth review. So it really should be No Time to Die, Venom, Boys in the Hood, and The Many Saints of New York. Um, so check that out. Also, it's on HBO Max right now. So that's one. Uh, moving on right away, if I can. Uh, I saw a movie, a new movie called Till Death, which is available on Netflix. And I didn't know it was because I rented it for a dollar on iTunes, but that's fine. Um, does it happen all the time? It doesn't. It does, yeah, it does. Or are you being sarcastic? Yeah, it doesn't it happen all the time? Oh, it doesn't it happen. Yes, it does happen like a few times a year at least. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. A woman is left handcuffed to her dead husband. As part of a sick revenge plot, unable to unshackle, she has to survive as two killers arrive to finish her off. This is the latest film by Megan Fox and a bunch of other actors who I kind of know, kind of looks familiar, but not really. Even the filmmakers are not that familiar to me. This is a, I don't think it's in theaters or anything. I think this is a straight to VOD kind of release. It feels like. I don't think it's on anything, but maybe it is somewhere. Um, Anyway. Is it a horror movie? It is technically a horror movie. It's kind of like um, what? <laughs> um, it's kind of like uh, did you see that movie with uh that uh Stephen King adapted movie? I forgot the name of it. Shit, it's gonna drive me nuts now. It's on Netflix. It's with um, it's about this this couple who are in the in the middle of nowhere in some cabin. They're rich or whatever, and the husband wants to do some kinky thing with the wife and she like is able to do it. And then halfway through it, she gives, doesn't want to do it anymore. And an accident happens and the guy dies and she is handcuffed to the bedpost. Big part uh, of the kinky thing. And the whole movie is her surviving that. Right. Uh-huh. It's kind of like that, but, but not at all because it's very different tone, different mo- motivations, obviously. But, um, I want to see me. Um, um, I always want to call her, Meg, for some reason, but it's Megan Fox. Uh, I want to see Megan Fox because she's been um, kind of having a a cult kind of cult classic resurgence with uh, a lot of people because uh, when you know now that time has passed, people have found out what really happened with her and what made her like out of the limelight, what made her like leave not leave Hollywood like that, but you know what I mean, get cast away from it. Yeah, and it's really fucked up, and it really seems like she's quite the victim in more ways than one. And I'm like, I feel kind of bad. That was kind of part of that train where, like, there was, this, like, all this animosity against her yeah. back in the Transformer days, right? And uh, now I get why. And I get how toxic that was. And it's really fucked up. So I want to see her latest film. That's it. And as far as the movie goes, it's okay. It's nothing to cry home about. She She's fun overall. I mean, she doesn't do, like, a great acting or anything like that. But it's not bad either. And some good tension does arrive from the movie. So if you're interested in that scenario, you know, a woman handcuffed to a dead person, kills himself right in front of her as some weird revenge thing as other people are coming in to kill her. And she has to hide and with the body and there's like a bunch of snow everywhere. There's like a blizzard going on. It's the middle of nowhere hab- uh, kind of cabin. So yeah, I have some good interesting scenarios for sure. So I would watch it for that. Um, it does get a little over drama, over dramatic. But other than that, it was a fine movie. Check it out if you're interested. It's on Netflix. Next up here, I saw something on Shutter called the McFeeson tape. The McFeeson tape is basically a short film. It's about an hour long. 
It was made in 1989. And this is a Blair Witch Project style movie uh, where it's found footage. And the found footage, obviously, is from 89. So they're home videos. You know, those old home videos that are very grainy and shit. And the whole movie is an alien movie. And what I found fascinating, I won't spend too much time on this one, but what I found fascinating about this short movie, short, long movie, long, short, um, is that it's a well-done, pretty cool alien abduction or alien-involved movie, um, especially when they're rare. Alien movies are rarely good. There are a lot of them, and they're like 90% awful. They're 90% awful. They're terrible. It's a shame to love aliens and watch these movies, you know. And before you say anything, I don't, I, you know, um, the probably the creme de la creme is like a rival, right? But like a few of them like include aliens into their movies, but they're not about aliens. Like the fifth element is not an alien movie, but no. there's aliens around, right? It's not, so it's like, it's kind of hard to blend this, but it's really hard to find an alien horror movie that works. And this one does work. Um, so it stays true. Will Smith going Welcome to Earth. Yeah, no. Uh, you're talking about uh, Independence Day. Yeah, the fun movie. I do like that movie. You're yeah. right, and that doesn't and that does count. I would call that an alien action movie. I'm looking for good alien horror movies, okay. and uh, this one does not. Uh, I'm sorry, Independence Day does not count. Uh, but anyway, like this, they're just hard to find. Anyway, but this movie is pretty cool. Stays true to its form. It feels like Blair Witch in the sense that it feels all real, very real. These 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 guys look like a family. I don't know if they're. They obviously have to be actors, I assume. No, no I have a, a clarification. Did, yeah. Is it Phil? It came out in the 80s, or is it? A... Yeah, it came out in 89. Oh, okay, okay. And it's, it was shot with a camcorder from 89, probably. Okay, honestly. so I, th- I thought it was a movie. <laughs> yeah, and it has a very... It has a very Cloverfield uh, intro- introduction, where it's like, it's, it's, it's bookmarked, uh, or it's... There's like a file number to this case. There's like a case file you're watching, and it feels like Cloverfield, like some government case project that got released to the public. Okay. And it's related to Project um, Blue Book, which is a real government project about looking for aliens. So very cool, very very aesthetically cool. So I would recommend it. It's on Shutter.com if you're interested. It was a fun movie. Like I said, short, pretty torturous thing if you want to see that. Okay. Next up, I saw Luca, which is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, finally saw it. I should say I've been trying to see it before. And I think you mentioned this before, Raf, when you watched it back whenever. Yeah, I've, I haven't actually seen the movie. Oh, I thought you did. In the order it came up. Right. <laughs> Never mind. Of course you did, but you didn't. Right. And uh, I heard a great comparison of this movie, I think on Twitter. And it, com- and it said that, um, that Luca is Pixar or Disney's um, closest it's ever been to a Studio Ghibli movie. And I thought that that was a very good app description of this movie. I'm like now that I think about it, I can't I can't get it out of my head. Now that I, once I read that, I could not get the comparison out of my head that it feels like a Studio Ghibli movie or like an American version of it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. The world isn't ending. It's very like friendship heavy. It doesn't have to rely on all these other things that normal Pixar slash Disney movies have to rely on. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can see that. That being said, though, I didn't I didn't fall madly in love with the movie or anything. It's nowhere. It's like in the middle tier Pixar for me. Um, it's it's good. It's solid. I mean, I can get wide stuff, but I probably wouldn't rewatch it. It seems like it didn't offer any rewatchability for me. It didn't offer any like memorable things for me. But uh, obviously, the animation is great, perfect. Obviously, it's pretty stellar. Pixar stellar, yeah. and um, makes me really want a Vespa. I'll tell you that. 
but <laughs> otherwise, you know, it's a fun movie. Going wrong, great for kids. I think it's a great movie for kids. Might be the cl- <laughs> this yeah, and like my kid was in love with the movie. This and Inside Out are like the perfect kids movies for me. It doesn't have any political thing. doesn't have any like it just sticks to the kids, sticks to the main characters. Right. And so uniquely that it's like it feels like a personality thing. It feels good. Like it's, it feels like I feel like a, more of a genuine kids movie. But because so, it's less of an adult movie. So uh, when we, exactly we watch it, but it was a fun movie. Uh, here next up is uh, I saw the Dave Chappelle special, The Closer. Um, have you seen this yet? Nope. Have you heard of its controversy? I'm sure you heard of that. I've heard of a controversy. Is there more than one? Uh, oh yeah, I guess there's one mainly. I guess the the louder one, right? But there's a few of them technically. So it's an interesting special. I usually don't mention specials on this recent discoveries, but I'm mentioning this one because he says that this is the last of the Netflix specials he's going to be making for a while. I don't know what a while means. Potentially years. I have no idea. A decade. No clue. But he's been making one about one a year, at least. I think one year he did like two or three, it felt like. Um, yeah, no, he did two or three. I, and then just like two of them came out right away, back to back or something. Yeah, and then right, the third right. one came out and I was like, is that part of the two? And- right, yeah. So he be, he was really prolific in his uh, stand-up in the last few years. And there have all been Netflix specials, primarily. He had a deal with them. <laughs> And they've been a lot of fun. I've always been a Chappelle, Chappelle show fan, and obviously because of that, I'm a Chappelle fan. And I, you know, he's from he's from here, and he's not from here. I think he's from Ohio, but he did a lot of shows here in Chicago. This is one of his hubs. Yeah. And started up, and I never met him or anything, but I know people who met him, and so like, I feel like uh, it's just like one of those, you know, like oh man, of course, oh, I'm, follow, I'm gonna follow this guy forever. Saw him in movies and shit, Con Air, obviously. Um, and yeah, I, I really love this guy. We really love his sensibility. I love his the, his honesty, this, his point of view of honesty and opinions overall. Even if I don't like agree with him, I love how he does, says it and stuff and how he believes it. And this movie's basic. Oh, this movie, this show, uh, special, is like it's about. Um, it's exactly about addressing those controversies that he's created about himself, about what he said, about what he actually means when he said that at that special or that thing ten years ago or that person he knows like it's literally about that and obviously along the way his conversational style makes it funny but it isn't like all and out jokes it isn't one after the other it isn't bits necessarily there is some cohesion of bits but not really and it's really about him addressing those things in the order not in an order but like in order of a controversy i think you know one's about um the lgbtq community one's about race obviously one's about you know uh, lesbians only or what you know like he gets into that kind of thing and it's uh, interesting. It's a good last special to go on on, I believe. And I, I found it very enjoyable. Okay. Um, again, I would, probably would have anyway because I'm a big Chappelle fan. It's not yeah. my favorite of his Netflix specials, probably on the lower end. But uh, I think it was a good way to end it. So if, you wanna, right. if you're interested, check that out. Next up here, I saw – I'm going all over the place with the streaming. I saw this on Apple TV+. Plus. I saw Coda, which um, is like somehow – one of my favorite movies of the year so far. As a CODA child, as a CODA, sorry, CODA means a child of deaf adults. Uh, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music and her fear of abandoning her parents. And this is uh, just a film. A very nice, heartwarming I, just, I don't know. I felt maybe I just was so depressed and I just needed some injection of hope. And this movie just did it for me. I don't know what it was. Right time, right place. But I really felt for this movie. 
basically the entire time. And it feels almost like a Lifetime movie. And yet it doesn't. It almost does it. So many times I was like, should I be groaning or should I be enjoying? And I was like, just <laughs> fucking enjoy it. You know, okay. because Lifetime movies are really bad for a very specific they, reason. They're, they're no, they are. It's, they, have, they have a recipe. Right. That yeah. they follow. This movie <sighs> almost has the same recipe. You know, almost, but not I've really. My fair share, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you have way more than I have. <laughs> more than I have, for sure. Because luckily, all my exes never really cared for Lifetime movies. Um, oh, maybe your next one. Yeah, who knows, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, so this, I never saw who this stars. Uh, Emily Jones is the main, is Ruby here. Um, one interesting thing, the mother plays by is played by Marley Maitland, who is an actual deaf actress. I don't know who the, if the rest are either. I don't know if they hired well, some of them are faking it, you know. It no, could be like I the Sound of Silence you, or something. I know what you meant. Just the way you said it, you're like an actual actress. Well, yeah, an actual deaf actress, yeah. And she, I know her as Joey Lucas from West Wing. That's where I – and I've seen her a thousand times because I've seen the West Wing like four or five times in its entire run. And she's not a main character, but she's a great stable side character that comes in from time She is to time. very good, yep. And she's great, and obviously she's much older now from the West Wing days. And she plays a good mother. I, I loved her in it. I just I just thought this movie was just so heartwarming and fun to watch. I recommend it as a family watch for anyone out there. Um, it does have some music. And for all I know, this actress, uh, Emilia Jones, I don't know if she's an actual singer. And they put, you know how they do that sometimes with singers? They make her be a singer in, in a Correct. movie. I don't know if that's what this is, because I'm so out of the loop with female Easy. young pop stars. I don't give a shit about them. So like, as, maybe. as you should, yeah. Right. And uh, so it could be that. But I thought she did a good job. And the uh, movie sells me, man. It just sells me. So watch it if you're interested in a good time, a wholesome good time. I recommend CODA, C-O-D-A, all caps. And that's on Apple TV+. And now, finally, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to review our first film of the evening, which is, luckily enough, the last film of the Craig Bond era movie, No Time to Die. Stay with us. Bond, any thug can kill. I have to know I can trust you. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. You are a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. Is this really what you want? Always alone? to be able to get into a room with the enemy. And now they're just floating in the ether. When our secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. Oh my God. Target enough people. And the people become the weapon. Who is he? James, you don't know what this is? James Bond has left active service. His piece is short-lived when Felix Leiter, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help, leading Bond into the trail of his mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. That's really the plot? That's really the plot. Oh, it seems a little wordy. I don't know why. Very wordy. Um, this is No Time to Die, uh, the latest installment and uh, final, what was it? 
installment in um, the Daniel Craig era of James Bond movies. Uh, this is directed by Carrie Joji Fukunaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by too many people. Uh, Neil Purvis, uh, Robert Wade, Carrie Joji. Uh, Fukunaga. Uh, starring the Daniel Craig. Uh, Ana de Armas. Rami Malek. Uh, Lea... Right? Is it Lea Sedu. Yeah, Lea Sedu. Lashana Lynch. Ralph Fiennes. Uh, which he's finally aging. I felt like Ralph Fiennes wasn't aging for like 15 years and then now he is. Uh, ben, <laughs> yeah. ben Wishaw, Naomi Harris, uh, Rory Kinnear, Jeffrey Wright, uh, Billy Magnuson. Who, in a minute. And then uh, Christoph Waltz. Then uh, uh, Dali, uh, Dali uh, Ben Salah. I wanted to mention him. Okay, who is? Uh, the Cyclops character. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. I, I like mentioning, the, uh, they always introduce somebody like that. You know, like uh, He's the Jaws of the movie. He's the Jaws of the movie. Yeah, yeah I totally. always want to introduce. Yeah, we got to talk about the Jaws. Yeah. You do have to talk about the Jaws. All right, so let's talk about this. This is a this is a full movie. This is a lot of stuff going on. And don't get me wrong. I think just about any Bond movies over two hours. I don't think any of them are under, right? Like, um, they're all pretty much heavy plot. Uh, heavy, yeah, usually they're story. shorter though. I mean, this new era, Craig Bond, obviously. No, I like no. Longer, I was watching but... like um, all the original, not original, but like um, Sean Connery Bond. Mm-hmm. And, like those movies are also like two hours. I'm like, why is this so long? Oh, I guess I was talking about the Brosnan age, where they felt like. They oh were yeah, no, those, those are like let's, let's get it going. Like right. you know, we're gonna we're gonna knock these out. We're gonna make a senseless action scene here, senseless decade. action right, exactly. scene there. Yeah, very much. Um, in comparison to what we grew up with, yes, I suppose you are right. Uh, but this is shy of this is forty three, almost three hours. Pretty long. Is it really that long? You know. Uh, okay, sorry. I know you're doing your intro, but I didn't feel that long. Uh, no. So like, I only I only felt that long when I got out of the theater. So I didn't feel that long too when I was watching the movie. But when I left the theater, I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> shit, it's late." Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. I almost got home like in almost ten. I'm like, Jesus. Right. I didn't think of that. I forgot. We went to... at six. Yeah. <laughs> That was like so weird. That's why it's so weird. Yeah, um, it was a weird thing. But uh, that being said, I we love Bond, and I'm gonna give a quick thing. I think every time we talk about Bond, um, uh, yeah, I love the the character, the everything about it. Um, we own all the movies uh, together. We have the collections. Yeah, we split the Blu-ray collection when they did um, Up to Skyfall. I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. And then, uh, yeah. Exactly, um, and I'm I'm digging these last uh, this whole connection of stuff going on with uh, Spectre and everything else that they've had, um, which is what ties into this movie. Uh, first impressions, I guess. Um, I had a, obviously I, uh, I thought it was really cool, um, really cool movie, um, especially for what it is for Daniel Craig and stuff. Um, what's it called? Uh, that's not that's not anything surprising for anybody. We, we all everyone's been talking about that, of uh, you know just like contract was reasons, right? And things of that nature. Uh, but that being said, uh, great, great movie. Um, had a lot of fun action stuff. Um, I felt like the humor was a little bit, some of it was forced. Um, I felt like they were paying a lot of homage to Bond, OG Bond. Um, <laughs> like, I think, like, second movie or third movie, maybe even not the first movie, actually. Gotta look at the installments of Sean, one of the Sean Connery movies, very heavily, like, uh, homage to that. And then, uh, uh, same thing goes with a lot of like the Pierce Brosnan stuff going on with um, gadgets and things of that nature. Um, so mm-hmm. I like that. I love seeing catching those little things. Um, made made me uh, made me 
all nice and fuzzy and warm inside. Um, what's it called? And then uh, just the acting and seeing how overall, like, what's going on in the world and how uh, in the 007 world and how everything's going on. Uh, that was really cool. I love, I love the, I like the world building and stuff that's been going on since his uh, uh, active service, since he left active service. Um, great intro. Right. Um, I, I love, uh, I love the intros. They do a whole music video intro uh, before, and then you know, like they do the the pre things, set up the movie, and then they do the video. That was really cool, really cool setup and everything. Um, I dug it. I dug a lot of this movie. There's very little for me to complain about, which we will get to as the review goes. But um, I hard for me not to recommend this movie to somebody to watch, even somebody who doesn't watch Bond movies. So yeah, that's my uh, my first impression, Oscar. What do you got? Yeah. Um, okay. A lot of things that you, you're saying, I'm, I'm agreeing with. I do I believe that some of that, not just um, not just the humor, but some of the dialogue felt a little forced. And I feel like um, that could be because um, they're doing something different with this movie. This is the first movie, really, where uh, James Bond is introduced as not a part of the British MI6. Right, he right. is not. He is a retired man, old man too, with a bum knee from Skyfall era, yeah. era. and um. And that he is not just, I'm not saying he's past his prime. They did that in Skyfall already, but like he is retired. He is in love. He doesn't want this anymore. He's out of touch. So the dialogue seems to match a more of a modern style a little bit. And I think it rubbed a little weird many times. And uh, maybe it has to do with uh, me while we watching it again or not calibrating properly, or maybe it was just bad writing. I don't know. But some of that stuff did feel forced. I agree. Um, not as jokey as others, but still, some of those jokes didn't, didn't land so well. Um, but I really loved it. I really liked the movie a lot. I mean, I'm a huge Bond fan. I'm in it for 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 like ever. I don't, I know they did. This is the fifth movie in the in the Craig era, and um, they seemingly did well on the picking the directors and stuff like that. So like, you know, they did like one good, one bad, one good, one bad, one good. It's like they actually did it kind of well in that order. I was like, oh man, this has to be a good one because. It's an odd number movie, um, you know, because uh, Skyfall, obviously, amazingly known as yeah. a great movie, even though it has problems, but it doesn't care. And we don't care because it's like so cool. And then the first one was such a, a rebellious version of the Bond movies. It's like it's like a it's like a teenager rebelling on everything that a Bond movie should be and saying, fuck you. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to make fun of it. And it works somehow. And then this one is tying all those kind of things together because that's all been the same Bond. And in the middle, the in-between movies that we don't speak of much is uh, usually too plot-heavy and weird, or they're, like, too stiffly, or they don't make sense, or, like, you could tell it's rewritten, like, a thousand times, like in Quantum of Solace. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you know. But they're all, like, so the, the you know, before, or, so my first, let me finish my first impression. Um, so, yeah, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a great capper, great ending for him. Um, I guess I don't know exactly how I feel, because I always want a happy, no, no, I don't want to spoil that. But I, I want to. I want an ending to always be happier than say than it became. Um, but it's fine. It was a good ending. It was a good, good way to peer to period on that. And um, my question to you, though, Ralph, is that this is unlike all of the other Bond era movies in that they they're sequels, basically. They're light sequels, but they are sequels. They constantly reference each other. These movies, especially the last two, especially Spectre, Spectre and um, No Time to Die, 
or they feel like part one and two. I mean, they're actually part three and four from the other ones. The only one that's like the odd man out is Skyfall. Skyfall feels like a very, you know, of a piece. Yeah. You know, and it's the ending of M, the Judy Dench M. Correct. You know? yes. So, I mean, it's a big deal still, Huge obviously. Thing. And they referenced Skyfall many times since then. So it still feels like it's still a sequel, but it is, it's the only outlier. It's the only one that feels like just a case. Like all of the other bonds, from the Conneries to the Roger Moore and everything. Um, so, how do you feel, Ralph, that these five uh, movies uh, were actually connected more than any of the other ones? I thought it was a great route to go to, in my opinion. Um, besides the, the the Quantum of Solace is so such a it's a I guess like the worst rap of uh, of all the Bond movies, I think, right? But well, <laughs> for good reason. At the same time, the bad guy is just it, so just scrawny. A... I feel like I could beat him up. I'm like, why? Right. Is he no, no, I get yeah. it. Yeah, it, very much so. Yeah, it's just like it's just like coming from Casino Royale. You wanted Quantum of what? I couldn't understand Quantum of Solace when it came out, and then I was like, oh, you just can't understand the movie. And then you read reviews. I'm like, oh yeah, no wonder. No wonder, right? Exactly. And I was oh, like, oh okay, cool. I guess it's not just me, right? Um, and then yeah, you, and then you watch Skyfall, and then you know Spectre. I it's just like. They do really. They do a really good job. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of time in between too. It goes from two years to four. You know, like yeah. No, this one skipped um, five, right after the intro. The, yeah. So this one is uh, from 2012 to 2015. The Spectre. So that's three years, and then 2015 to 2021. That's six. Damn. So, yeah. It's a long time. Um. So yeah, but besides that, uh, I just felt like, I mean, I loved what happened in uh, Skyfall and Spectre. Um, specifically Skyfall. I mean, just. A lot of stuff's going on, so I like that it all matches. I feel like uh, I feel like it's tying, it's giving us a reason for us to be watching the other movies as well, you know, instead of just watching uh, a mission. Yeah, okay. Not like now that you see how it all ends, right. you kind of want to see the. It's like watching that instead of just like Moonraker, and you're like, okay, it's just the mission. Right. Yeah, I see your point. Like, yeah, I like. Don't get me wrong. I love Moonraker. But it's literally just like, oh, hey, you want to just take a quick glimpse of what? Right. It's a one-off. The girl, the, the, the bond girl will always be different. The only one that's the same is a Q and fucking an M. That's it. A money penny. Of course. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Money penny. It's like the same three, whatever. But that really, you know, it's like the office workers. Like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Right. Very much. So. Yeah. So you you like this whole device of sequelizing it? I I do like the whole device. Yeah, I thought I thought it did a great job of just like uh, bringing more people to bond too, like to make it like. Hey, like we're, you should be invested in this, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's more of an yeah. investment thing. So. You know, and I also I agree. I really like the, the sequelizing over. Like it ended up working for me. It could have easily not worked, but uh, and I can see how people would argue and like rub against that the wrong way. Um, but you know, it's like the modern era, man. Like it's um, we got to move on with not just the times, but we got to move on. Like, yeah. Well, I think they also started so early. In 2006, 2006, we were like, what are they doing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And then Quantum of Solace, we were not with them. And then Skyfall comes out, and we're like, all right, I'm back in with you guys. Let's get right. it. You know, and, and then at this point, everybody's doing it, right? Um, yeah. Or they're, like, modernizing their whatever franchises, you know? Right. You know, you think of uh, Fast and the Furious, right? Another big tire that we all love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one didn't start off. I mean, it, it did have some connections, but it really didn't connect a lot until 4 or 5. You know, then it started really connecting everything, bringing everything back and being all part of a whole. But like the first three, they feel different. They all feel different. Yeah, they all feel like they're all in movies. 
Right. It feels weird, you know. And uh, but it works. It just ended up working now. And the way they did it was just just working. Um, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is very similar. Yes. Uh, right. Where the first two don't just. They just feel like okay, right? Nothing. They even nothing. has different bosses. Every every movie has different bosses. I'm like, yeah, until the, the last two. The third one, the third one, just is like it's just a really good movie, and then mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, okay. But the third one sets up the fourth and the fifth, and you know, so like those yeah. do a really good job of. Combining yeah, it's, it's really four, five, six that really most mostly connect. Right, that, there is, but, from that. but three yeah. is the catalyst of setting that up. You know, for sure, it is for sure. It also goes along with the production company that ended up using the making the bomb, uh, the Mission Impossible movies. But yeah, all that works for it. And Tom Cruise, obviously, being the crazy man that he is, you know, helped that along. along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very yeah, it is our, it is our, um, it's the American Bond. Ethan Hunt. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, and they have, both have different skill sets, by the way, Loki. Um, just saying. Uh, I don't know who would win in that fight. I Maybe Craig. But I don't know. I'm only saying that because I just saw No Time to Die. Um, anyway, uh, in this movie, just, uh, it is a nice, like, capper, really. And um, I appreciate the sequelizing, and I think it is—it's time to move on with the times. It's like complaining about the the older aesthetic of the Bond, which is misogynistic, obviously, yeah. which is um, hearkening to a sillier era of what of what used to be jokes about spies. You know, you think of the, the briefcase that turns into something you no know, ridiculous, or a uh-huh. car that you know can also go uh, underwater as a submarine you know yeah. um and that uh you know and not just the misogyny and stuff but just the the needless amount of action and the one-liners the arnold schwarzenegger but even worse versions of those one-liners sometimes yeah. um yeah i think it's time to let that go for real and uh you know that's why skyfall was so appreciated because it somehow blended both it did both it was a little misogynistic from time to time it was corny one-liners but it was also modernized with the fact that it was sequelizing a little bit, the fact that it actually worked on its on its villain, you know. Because right, right. one thing we don't realize about the the villains in the past movies and all the twenty previous Bond movies is that they're ma- they're mainly forgettable. They're ma- yeah. Uh, Lofeld is one of the few from the old that are Correct. really memorable, and obviously cool. we got yep. Janus from Goldeneye, super memorable. Correct. But like yep. most of them suck. Unmemorable yeah, and, assholes. Uh, actually, yeah, I was about to say exactly the same thing as you said. Um, I'm right? looking at the list of movies. Right. 100%. 100%. How many of those do you actually remember the fucking villain? You know, two, the two most popular ones, the ones that actually worked. Right. The, yeah, exactly. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, like. Right. And that means that that's like twice what they did it right with the villain, you know? Yeah, because the villain was done perfect. Like, yeah. Yeah. Probably the best villain in my opinion. Right, and obviously back then, everyone the the public was fine or fine enough to just have have the hero be the you know be the the focus only you know exactly. the, that's it. We don't care about the rest. You know, have a good Bond girl or have a sexy Bond girl, and make sure you focus on Bond, and that's it. But no, the modern era got to focus on everything more. So um, that's why Quantum of Solace failed, for example. But that's why Skyfall really succeeded. And I think this one joins uh, in the in the good pantheon. I think in the good side. So what do you think of the of the villain here in this movie? Um, I, I did feel a little bit less lackluster, mm-hmm. um, as in to the point where, uh, compared to Spectre, where we had someone who just like uh, we had so much more going on, Spectre, um, with the villain, and same mm-hmm. thing with Skyfall, we had so just so much more information, and I felt like in this one, in No Time to Die, 
we got we got snippets, and then they were like, you know what? Let's not give him the monologues. Let's not or oh, still get me wrong. The guy still gets a monologue. Yeah, he's like, still gets like two in there still. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like, still gets, every villain's gonna get a monologue. You gotta get the monologue. But what right. I'm saying is like he doesn't get like thirty minutes of screen time. You know what I'm saying? I feel like every villain in a Bob movie always gets a good amount of screen time to like really give us the reasons why like, this motherfucker should just die, right? And this one is just like, no, like we're just getting to the point, like, and it is what it is, and he just has to deal with it. Um, so I felt a little lackluster. I felt like we could have got a little bit more out of him, not much because there isn't much more to put. And they did a good job with some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I just felt, especially towards the end of the movie and where we got where we get towards the end, we didn't. I didn't. Get, I felt like I didn't get enough of, like, I didn't care for the villain as much as I should. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I agree with you. I think they trying to they wanted to keep a mystery going about the villain in this movie, unlike the others. The others are they're basically up front, um, right. or at least they allude to them up front. And this one, not really. I mean, it, the movie actually kind of opens the one that right, I mean, right okay. with that flashback with of uh, Leia Sidhu's character as a little girl. Right, well, but like yeah. it's so vague that you really have to. I mean, you don't know for sure until he's revealed that that was him. Right, exactly. <laughs> like you're not even for sure. Look at Spectre. Spectre has. I mean, Spectre. Skyfall. Skyfall is. Uh, what's his name? Silva. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, you have him who's like. I swear to fucking god, I feel like he took like an hour of the movie. Like, right? It feels like he takes an hour of the movie and he doesn't. But they do such a good job with him that you're just like Jesus. Like, yeah, I get it, bro. Like, I, I, I almost don't want you to die, but at the same time, you're like, Yo, what do you want? What do you want, Bob? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah, and also you know that 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 silver. I mean, that's the best villain in Craig, in the Craig Land, and um, and I, I, all, not just because of Harry Potter's performance, not because of the screen time. Yes, those, those helped it for sure, but I think it's mainly because it was such a personal issue, personal right. to Bond and M, like yep. so in, mainly to M. But like it was so personal to our beloved characters that. It wasn't about world domination. It's almost like he had that already in a, in a way. And yeah. like, it didn't care about that. Like it was something else. And I made it. And I thought that's just what they were doing with this. And I'll get into that more in spoilers. Yeah. That they try to inject this, not try to inject, but they, they have a personal connection with the villain where like, it's a personal reason for this and that. And they kind of like sidestep that in lieu of more of a, of a classic bond where it's world, more yeah. worldly. And I, I almost feel like we could have, Mm-hmm. A different movie would have gave more screen time to Robbie Malik, to Robbie Malik, and to uh, what's her name, Leia Sidhu. Uh, Leia Sidhu. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, even though they do, good, they do. That beginning is great. Yeah, like oh, yeah. They would have given them more screen time, but the movie's called you know, or what's it called? Uh, it's a Jumbo Seven movie. It's not a right. you know, random. Character. The Sidhu Files. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know her character in the movie. Right. Uh, no, that's not Paloma. That's uh, Madeline. Yeah, no, that was a Paloma great was fucking. A... Oh, that was not a. That wasn't a. We call that when you when an actor comes in for one scene. Uh, oh, yeah. It's not a cameo because no, she's in a few scenes, but no, like that that part with her in it was great. Fantastic. So that great. Was, uh, that was prime. Have I, I don't think oh. I've ever seen that actress be so playful. It was really nice. It was. Really it was cool. nice, and I think she did a great job. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Nailed. It's like like okay, I'm gone. Now. I'm dropping the mic, leaving. Yeah. Cool. You'll never see me again. Right. Um, that was great. That was great. And I really liked um, the the American CIA guy. Uh, the guy who's been in all the movies. A little bit here and there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who does the what-if voice. Correct. Um, yeah. uh, Jeffrey Wright. 
Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Um, I still only see him as the main actor, one of the main villains in um, Boardwalk Empire, because that's where I think I first, give or take, saw him in my life, I think, give or take. Um, anyway, uh, very, very interesting stuff. Obviously, they go places where maybe you and I won't prefer, but I think some of that stuff they did pull off. So let's get into spoilers for No Time to Die so we can talk more about them, starting right now. Bond, your watch. It contains a limited radius electromagnetic pulse. It'll short any circuit in a hardwired network if you get close enough. Mm-hmm. And how strong is it? It's fairly strong. Fairly strong? What's that? We haven't had the chance to test it properly, just be careful. Right, this is QDAR. It will map the space as you move through it. Don't touch that. And smart blood will track you and your vitals. Bond, you don't mind a shot or two whilst at work, shall we? Well, I haven't had a drink for three or four hours. Wow. Doesn't sound like you. All right, so what did you uh what would you have preferred from this villain more a little more maybe uh what would I have preferred I didn't care for his backstory at all i mean i I get the same time I did for setting up for where it is it takes place at the end of the movie, but like I think I felt like that was just there for that reason um hmm. and i so like I felt like I needed him to be How do I put this? I felt like I felt like he he needed to be more of a threat. Like he wasn't like it was just like this non-existing threat until it was like I felt like there was no reason for him to do anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The thing when he does when he kills everybody in Cuba, yeah, um, uh, for Spectre, right? Yeah, all uh, the Spectre all the, agents, all yeah. the Spectre agents. Uh, great scene. And I felt like we were missing in, a, in any other Bond movie. We get the next scene of like introduction to Rami Malek, and we don't. Yes. Get, and we don't get that. Yeah, I know. And, yeah, I, I, I'm agreeing with and, you. So and far. We're, we're missing, we're missing something. And I'm not saying because you want to make it. A, that's what Bond does, right? Or any of the 007 movies would do. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying we're missing it because what, what, what was the point of him doing that? Of him taking them out? There's no reason until he has a monologue at the end. Of of him yeah. explaining stuff. And I was like, this is too late for yeah. me to bring this up where there's already too much going on. Your take, you kidnap uh, Leia Sadu, and it's, it feels like for no reason. We don't know why she's afraid of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, what we do, but we don't know, like, why we should why we should be afraid of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, like, we get the personal thing because of that opening with uh, her as little girl killing the correct. mom and everything. Which is a great and- opening. Right, and I feel like all that was a great setup for a personal thing to kill Vaughn, which is just the love of her life, and this yeah. kid that's connected to him, which is kind of a shock. Yeah. Um, did not expect a kid ever, and obviously, no, I, didn't, I didn't believe her bullshit about that sign here. So <laughs> it was a funny joke. Like, it's fucking, it's look at his eyes. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're, you know, him, the kid, Craig, and yeah. fucking Timberwolves in Antarctica for, have the same eyes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no one else has those eyes. Like, yeah. did you fuck a wolf girl? No, right. well then that's mine. Um, you know that's how much of those eyes were fucking piercing through the screen. Anyway, um, sweet kid though. 
Um, not annoying. Not annoying. For I mean, in the movie, usually they do one or the other. Anyway, um, I agree. I, I feel like they had this per- perfect anchor to do something kind of like Silva. You know, I'm not saying you have to be iconic as Silva, but Rami Malek is no slouch. No, he's not. He's a very particular kind of actor. He has a particular isms and face and structure and accent that you right. could have totally played with. And right. they didn't do enough. And they actually lowered his voice down. I'm not saying he should be screaming like Queen and shit, but like, you know what I mean. And right. uh, I feel like they should have had him emote, have something. Like, why would you want to take over the world after this revenge plot? Why yeah. not just not take over the world? Why do you care? Right. Exactly. Um, like, what is that? What is this? Why does What's, it have to happen? Why does it happen? Exactly. Why mm-hmm. does it have to happen? Yeah. Like, I know yeah, Skyfall I, has all those weird problems with the hacking that looks so bullshitty. Like yeah. I said, it has all these problems too, but it doesn't matter because of the style and the overall substance and the core of that revenge. Exactly. That makes it so, like, okay, fine, I don't give a fuck. Hacking, right. whatever. Get to the awesome scene. Yeah, you, you know, you, you don't care yeah. at the end. 100%. Right. You're just like, man, this guy's fucking hell about that fucking yeah. revenge. <laughs> yeah, like, which is, <laughs> even though this is a good ending, I think, a good bow to that Kid Fox of, uh, of the Craig era. Yeah. Um, it still might be third place for me after Skyfall and Casino Royale. Casino Royale is such a great movie. Yeah, and that that villain also memorable. You know, with the eye and everything, this Matt Mickelson yeah. just fucking kills it. Just yeah, fucking... well, it's Matt Mickelson. And, he, and the perfect thing about that movie, for many reasons, is that he acts like no Bond villain. When he's given the chance to monologue, he says one line and moves on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the rebellious Bond phase, right? And it's right. such a good fucking pick for that. It's just so yeah. perfect. It really and is. that movie works better for me in retrospect. Also, that's more. one of the few movies that you see Bond like fuck up so bad that he's being tortured. Right. Um, I, I don't think you see anything. I'm ever the the other only movie we can think about. I think is the Die Another Day. Oh right, because it opens with him being uh, in, in South Korea, North Korea. Correct. Korea. Yeah, was yeah. it North? I thought it was North. Actually, it is North Korea. It's back Korea. I thought it was. I don't know. Okay, I don't remember. But uh, it was Die Another Day, and it was maybe it was Chinese. We might be being racist here. I don't know. We might no, be accidentally no, being racist. It was the minefield North Korea did to China. And then the Chinese. Yeah, you're right. The Chinese do capture. It was, yeah. It was China. Okay, yeah. I mean, I know it has to do with North Korea, but it also has to do with China. So I'm like, oh, I don't remember. And that movie was so forgettable, so I don't really blame myself for that. Um, uh, Invisible Car? Hello? Anyway. <laughs> Diamond Palace? No, no. Ice Palace. Yeah, yeah. Ice Hotel? Right? Uh, yeah. uh-huh. yep. Okay, yeah. I can I came back a little bit. That, that, I forced that out of there. Yeah, I know. Um still though, bad movie. Anyway, right. um yeah, so uh what were we talking about? No, oh, the torturing thing, yeah, super rare. Hardly ever happens and uh, the the fa- the way it happened in Casino Royale. Jesus. I know it's unique as fuck. I'll say that yeah. right now. And I really love the 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 first act of this this movie where it leads into the to the to the music video, right? The opening. Yeah. Um his it the it you know that scene when when they're like in love and they're like right before it goes down and they separate and the train thing. I mean, you 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 know why you it know feels why. like Vespa, but it does. It feels just like Vespa, but you know why yeah. he has to he puts her on the train and he's like, yeah, you'll never see me again, right? Like you know why he's already been down this down this you know what's it called the uh, road. Mm-hmm. He's been down this road where he's been. Uh, he is so her. obviously traumatic by it, like trauma. Oh my god, it hurts him so much, right? And it yeah. sucks. And it sucks because, like, you honestly, you do feel like uh, she is being used, right? And because, uh, like, she does give like this, like, I fucking love you, kind of love, right? Uh, Liz mm-hmm. does a great job of like giving her, like, why, why would, why would you leave me? Like, you know, like I don't understand. Like, cause he goes from like I love you to like one eighty, and he's like, I'm a cold, stone cold motherfucking killer, and like. 
Right, any whiff uh, of anything that looks bad, I, I'm gonna leave you. You know, uh, dude, and it's just like, yeah. It, it, it's, and it's then crazy. when when Christoph Waltz, the you know the main bad guy from Spectre, fucking comes and tells him that I I put that there and shit. Damn. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Should have fucking known, man. Yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. Um, and Christoph Waltz, obviously great. Now uh, I want to ask you something about Spectre, the movie itself. Like, um, you you did you you like that movie, right? It seems like you're talking about it more positively than other people. Uh, yeah, I, like, yeah, I like it. I, I liked it overall. But to be honest with you, it, it's more forgettable than other movies. Okay. Yeah, I I I I won't say I did not like it. I mean, I had I like some of the scenes for sure. If I'm not saying that, and I love Crystal yeah. Watts. He's great. He 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 chews scenery like no one. But um, really yeah, does. I think I have more problems with it. It felt like a Quantum of Solace to me. Uh, I like would it. say so too, but it's better than. Oh yeah, no, Quantum of Solace makes no sense. Spectre makes more sense. Yeah. and I would say the, my my problem with Spectre is that it was more boring. At least Quantum of Solace is tr- no, I would say crazy Spectre, things. You know why I like Spectre a, a no. lot? Spectre reminds me a lot of old Bond. Um, hmm. Like, a lot of old, like, Sean Connery. Yeah, well, like, yeah, I get directed by Sam Mendes. Like, no, I get it. Like, it's just hmm. like this whole, like, you know, things like that. So, yeah. Like, Diamonds Are Forever. Kind of shit. Oh, no, oh, I meant to ask you also, uh, what did you think of the action overall in this movie? Oh, dug it. Um, I love Different, how- too. It is different. I love how uh, how controlled he is. He's not like, especially in the forest scene. Oh, sorry, I had a burp. But especially in the forest scene, he's so controlled of like he's so aware of his situa- of his uh, surroundings. Mm-hmm. He uh, he obviously knows how to. Uh, he like lets things play out. You know what I'm saying compared to like putting himself in a shitty situation, right? He puts himself in the better situation. And the first one, he breaks into an embassy to kill a bomber. It's so ridiculous. Right. I mean, he, he overdoes it. He overdoes it exactly. He and just jumps one, in without thinking. Yeah, this one, he's literally like, I, ha- I'm, I'm in retirement with, with the love of my life, kind of thing, right? Well, like, was, huh? I mean, it was, and then five years passed. Yes. Yeah, so. No, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying, you're right, right, exactly. Yeah. Whatever. And he's like, and I'm about to, I'm being hunted, right, or whatever. And he's looking at things like, what, what can I do here? And I think Young Bond would have blown up that bridge. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. somehow or some way, right? And at this one, he's like, no, I'm going to put myself in a situation where I can, like, sidestep this and get to where I need to do, you know? And, like, and that's exactly what he does. And he does, like, a very good job of, like, managing to yeah. get out. And same thing in the forest. The forest, he does a great job of, like, well, when he kills, um, what's his name? Uh, oh, the... Gets, uh, Logan. Logan Ash. Yeah. Uh, Billy Magnus's character. When he kills him, he, like, that, that whole scene where he's trying to protect he does a great job of like, I'm going to lure, like, I'm not going to do anything so reckless to where I'm going to endanger people. I'm going to do like a whole, like he does a whole like great job of baiting them. Completely. There's like, I, I almost ran this whole situation. You know? Yeah. It's, it's very much more controlled and, uh, except for when he has to get back into it, when the fight was five years later, because he's just getting back into it. That's besides the point. Um, like that's those are the differences, you know. Like, yeah. I feel like I feel like the Cuban thing. He definitely fell more. for that trap. It's just that didn't work. You know, this other villain. Yeah. Used the trap. You know yeah. that was supposed to be for like, him. But like for him. example, in the Cuba, and I'll say that the action when uh, Paloma, the Ana de Armas, she just barges in and pushes the you know to get the the guy, and she just collapses that whole bridge or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. To get the guy, like that would have been old Bond. Old Bond would have been like, 
let's fucking do that, right? Ubot yeah. was like, well, hey, I mean, I can do this, I guess, you know. But the young reckless agent did that. A more tamer, uh, reserved agent, right? Would have done that. And that's exactly what he was like. Yeah. I'm so yeah. I'm glad you caught that. All that's true, and and the action kind of fell fell with that. And uh, likewise, the direction too. Those scenes were very much, very carefully directed around and stuff, and very well right. made. I think Gary Joji Fook and I went did a good job there. Yeah. Um, who's fucking awesome. He does different kinds of movies for sure, but um, from True Detective, which is a show, to a lot of things, he's really good. Um, he also did that weird. What's that word? Maniac. He did Maniac. Such a weird movie show. Anyway. Um, what else do you want to talk about in this in this film? The ending, ending. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, we could talk about the ending, ending. Oh, before so, we get yeah. there, but, yeah. before we get there, I think we should talk about the whole plot with Ralph Fiennes, as in like. Oh yeah, no, that was like I think that was from like, like you know what happens when you lose Bond, you lose your morality. <laughs> it is right, isn't it? Doesn't it feel like that? Right, you, immediately starts like, doing shady ass shit and some off the books. Right. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Did it also? Did it also feel like the Chimera virus from uh, Mission Impossible? It totally did. Oh, thank God. Okay, I was like, oh, like, I've seen this before. Where have I seen this? And I was like, oh, it's Mission Impossible. <laughs> There's another Mission Impossible connection. Do you know what it is? Uh fuck. The it's uh, it nope. The... It's Leah Sadu. She's in Ghost Protocol. She plays one of the assassins <sighs> with the diamond fetish or whatever. Oh, you're not wrong. She gets pushed off the, the Burj Khalifa building. Uh, she's crossing over from the pond to the pond, like back to. I mean, she's French, but so she doesn't belong in it either, I guess. But the, you know what I mean? English Channel? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the pond is yeah. the Atlantic Ocean, but yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was cool. Anyway, you were that's saying. interesting. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, but that whole like, it is crazy. Where like, a bo- a bond being there, he knows he can't get away with that because he knows that he's gonna find out and he'll shut it down himself. You know, hmm. like Bond will go in there and be like, "Yeah, you can fucking get rid of my double O status. You can put me in jail. I'll make sure this shit don't happen." Kind of thing. You know, because that's the type of person he is. Uh, in comparison to him not being there, well, what do you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, M had such problems with him, but also was able to trust him, his judgment, because of those problems they have of his insubordinance and his stubbornness uh, goes hand in hand with his love of country. Right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. His uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, his MI6-ness. And uh, the new Bond girl, the new Bond, uh-huh. I mean, it's not, she's not Bond. She's not, it's like, her name is not Jane Bond, but the new 007, sorry. Yeah. Um. I would definitely want to talk about that because obviously, as you can imagine, there's some, not like a lot, but some of uh, controversy going on with that. Um, I mean, I saw a headline, not to say this is true, but that I think quotes Daniel Craig is saying like um, he can't see, he can't see how there could be a female bond or something uh-huh. like that. And that probably started some controversy. To which I'll say like similar to having a, um, uh, what's his name? Idris Elba and Thor as that character that's usually white in mythology. Yeah, I would say like I don't think it matters, and I'm not saying because she's black. I'm just saying because she's a woman. I don't think pe- people have a bigger problem with the women yeah. angle because it's hard to be misogynistic if you're a woman. But what if she's not? You know, <laughs> could still be really misogynistic. She could, yeah. Um, if that's what I'll, you're wanting, <laughs> right? Well, I I think I think the question I think what he's bringing up is that he can't see her being a bomb, right? 
Yeah. But being 007 is a different story, right? Well, it feels like the same, right? It does feel like the same, right? Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm asking. Like, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Well, in the con, well, let me know what they opened a can of worms in this sequelized Craig era bond that maybe they can't close again. And that is that I don't know if you can make the next bond person, whoever that may be, um, not part of this world. Yeah, like once hard. you did it, can you go back? Can you go back to a Pierce Brosnan era or Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton era? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe maybe audiences are not ready for that. I mean, maybe I mean there's a way to do it. I'm sure there's a way to do anything you want, but like sure. it's harder now. It's harder now because this movie. I mean, I always thought, and my in mythology of Bond that I grew up with, because again, we both grew up with Bond. Um, I always thought that Bond was a name given to from MI6 to an agent that was that would held a 007 status. I thought. Any double that's how I would justify why Sean Connery is James Bond and Timothy Dalton is James Bond and Pierce Brosnan is James Bond. You know, I'm not saying that it makes sense, I'm just saying that that's how I internalized it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the movies have to make me right. Obviously, these movies told me that's wrong. This guy's real name is James Bond. Here's his fucking farm that he grew up in Skyfall, Bond, the Bond estate or whatever. Right. And um, oh shit, like that's it, that's his name, it's always been his name. Every time he says his name, it's his true name. It just doesn't matter who knows it. Um, so they can't do that. They can't do Jane Bond anymore. Unless Ugh. they, unless they, like I said, restart the whole thing again. Exactly. Um, which, again, will be harder because of audiences these days. But, like, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. What do you think know. about this uh, female? What do you think about femalizing this Bond? Or even the racial component? If any of this bothers you or wants... Not bothers you, but, like, any any interesting tidbits that you can get from that uh from uh, her yeah from her yeah um what's her name Fuck. um she is uh Nomi. no but uh, the actress is Lashana Lynch thank you that's what yeah. uh yeah so uh well her as being 007 yeah uh I feel like uh she still has a lot to learn like I still, because I felt like she was in like by the book and shit. Yeah. yeah, by the book. Um, she's asking, not she's asking, like, do you want me to kill him or do you want me to bring him alive? Like, you're like, Wait, what? Like, oh. up, is that your decision, right? Oh, I just had a wonderful idea about her. What? What if the next Bond movie? Let's say they do her and they just introduce the next Bond. They could kind of like, kind of like Jeremy. Again, this is Mission Impossible territory, but kind of like Jeremy Renner and Ghost Protocol, where they were like seemingly setting Jeremy Renner up to be the uh-huh. next Ethan Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Right? Kind of like that, right? Yeah. Um, I'm still, like, I'm still <laughs> no, I'm 50-60 <laughs> years old. I don't give a fuck. I'll jump off this helicopter. <laughs> you know? Right, and Jimmy right. is like, uh, no, where's my stunt double? Um, right. Like every other sane person would ask. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, tangent. Uh, what What if... Because, um, okay, in this movie, in No Time to Die, um, Lashana Lynch, or Nomi, uh <laughs> Does a lot of things off screen. What if the next movie is what she was doing in that off screen stuff? Because she heads to Cuba. There's Cuba stuff going on there that we see only through Bond's perspe- uh, perspective, sure. not through hers. We see the end result of her, like taking the Russian guy or whatever he is, the, the scientist dude, and then losing him and stuff. And then she escapes the cops. You know, all that in between stuff. What's going on? Yeah. And then there's a whole bit when they're actually together, they're all part of the same plan. 
and she, you know, willingly revoked her 007 status for the purposes of this mission. Yeah. And um, and goes off to look for Bill Magnuson's character. Correct. And obviously, we see the end result in the forest, but we don't see what's going on with her. Yeah. How many goons did she beat up? I mean, killed or buildings, you know, like, what's going on? That'd be right. cool to see. That would be cool to see, yeah. It'd be cool to see, like, maybe that could be the opening of yeah, her I, movie I, or I, something. I also feel like she's very... Uh, Mm-hmm. She's very like obviously new age, like uh, what's it called, uh, agent, where mm-hmm. uh, it's heavily re- heavily reliant on data you get from your from your what's it called uh, intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, or this in this case it would be Q, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So all cool. the stuff that you're getting from Q, uh, and compared to uh, Daniel Craig or James or uh, Bond, Bond has like okay, yeah, you give me the information, but like I still know I I've made resources of my own. And I know how to talk my way or get my way information my own way as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need something Yeah, else I mean, that was from the it, very get-go. From the very first movie, he was getting right. his own information. He was getting his own information, very much so. Never yeah. relied on fucking MI6. <laughs> no, no, no. But the contrary, compared to <laughs> the, this world, the, her, yeah, I feel right, like she's right. heavily relying on it. And, like, without the tip that he gets, she gets from Bond, she doesn't know where, where what's his name is, where Logan Ash is at all, you know? So, like... She needs. She still like is relying on somebody else's information. Like, I think that's something that she needs. To, you know, would be yeah, it'd be it'd be a big great first start with her. That would be the opposite of what this bond of Craig Bond era, you know, has seen Royale because she will not be this rebellious. So she has to learn different things that yeah, there, the bond a, knew. Yeah, right? for, there's for sure like a gray grayness everywhere. Right. But there's it, there's a lot of like uh, a lot of solo critical thinking you got to do on your own. Where you're mm-hmm. like, um, I'm gonna just make this decision, and I'm gonna have to live with the consequences. Um, I have a license to kill, and if it is, if it means I gotta kill this person, even if it is a reliable resource, fuck it. Like um, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. it has to get done. Like that's my job, and you need to. Like seeing her get it. dirty, you know, when she doesn't want yeah, to. Yeah, it's right? very much so, and I think that's what, that's what Bond's always been good at. Bond's <laughs> he's too dirty. That's the problem. <laughs> well, that, that well, is not the true. problem from his superiors. I would say from his superiors, yes. But like at the same time, like I mean. He's literally telling um, to fucking throw missiles at it. And he's like, you do know I have... Japan. I don't have that authority, right? Japan and Russia are looking at me going like... They're calling me. They're blowing up my phone, bro. They're blowing up my phone because they want to blow up this airplane in the sky, which is Q, right? And like... Right. Hey, and this so island like, that like contention between... I'm like, oh my God. Exactly. So you're like... Whoa. What, what do you want me to do? You just pull the fucking island up. What do you mean? Like, and he's uh, like, you have to blow it up. Otherwise, the world is gone. What are you doing? Right. Just do what it. do you want? Like, yeah, just fucking think. Consequences what, later. What, right. right. What am I going to tell them? Don't tell them shit. Fuck. Like, that's their problem. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't see their MI6 over here. I right, don't see their exactly. KGB exactly. straps. Uh, like, listen, whatever. You'll, you'll figure yeah. that out when you tell them. And I'm sure you'll get the prime minister and maybe the queen to chew your ass out later. <laughs> and that's queen. fine. That's your problem. That's, yeah. that's the uh-huh. job you have. I have the job of saving right. the world. And I need you to <laughs> Right. <laughs> All this needs true. to happen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I need to see those conversations. We need a short film of just this conversation he's having with the PM constantly. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of the amount of alcohol he's drinking. Yeah, That's between Skyfall, say. honestly, to now, there's like a lot of seemingly a lot of conversations he has to explain. I also I feel like that. Uh, watching Bond movies gives you a little glimpse of like uh, British British. Uh, what's it called? Uh, humor slash uh, way of life, right? Um, when you watch like little things with like the jabs they take at each other and it's like no one takes it personal, but it's so personal. It's like mm-hmm. so he literally demasculate or uh what's it called uh 
brings him down, belittles him as a man, a bond to M, right? When he's yeah. like, oh, does the table get bigger or did you get smaller, right? Like, yeah. And I'm like, wow. Okay, yeah. Just got there. Like, <laughs> like, the third thing out of your mouth, like, what? <laughs> Are you, but that's like just, that's just like people, British people just talk like that. Like, there's like, no, like, we're just gonna, like, and then they, they both take it in strides, like, like, are you kidding me? Like, obviously, like, he gets heated about it, but, like, and you're just like, all right, like, it is what it is here. We would have got butthurt. No, nothing would have, no conversation would have happened. Yeah, we're a young, dumb argue. country, though. We don't we're young, dumb. No, I get it. What I'm saying yeah. is just, like, we talk like that. You know, like, well, the United States is Casino Royale, you know, uh-huh. and England is fucking Skyfall. Like, yeah. we're so rebellious to the point where, like, we're just nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Um... I love talking about these movies. I can talk about these movies forever. <sighs> Me too. But, but I'm continue. Huh? Enough dancing around of the last last week. Oh, okay. Oh, um, sure. But this new 007, um, yeah. I really love the, the there's so many dynamics that it opens. So many things. What is it like to be a female agent? What are the tricks that they have to do compared to a man, a male agent? So yeah. Right there. So many I, things. I would love, actually, to get a cool, like, maybe glimpse of what exactly, because we get small glimpses in all the uh, other Bond movies with other mm-hmm. double O's. Um, but I want to, I would love to get a glimpse of like, I feel like 007 besides the number seven, stuff like that. I feel like, um, I was talking to Danny about this. It's like, uh, uh, our, our brother. Yeah. Double um, O seven means like, you're the worldly person, even though they're all worldly. Right. I feel mm-hmm. like every other person is like, well, listen, you're in charge of America. So you're in charge of Europe. You're in charge oh, of okay. I see and I feel mean. like 007 is like, like well, a you're station the chief. In some yeah, 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 very much. And 007 is like, listen, you're kind of in charge of everything. Like, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, wherever the, the investigation takes you, you're not going to relay anything. You're the spearhead through everything. You're the, you're the spearhead. Yeah. You, right. If you want to meet up with this other 00 here because they're they know more than you, by all means, of yeah. course. Right? And that's part of the real big charm of these bomb movies, also, that no one really talks about, is the world traveling. It's All these movies, they go right. everywhere. They go to places that we've never fucking seen. We yeah. can't ever afford to go either. No, um, <laughs> I was talking about uh, unrelated, but related to James Bond. But um, in one of the James Bond movies, I think the Timothy Dalton era, I'm not sure, maybe huh? maybe before that, um, they use uh, the the film crew, whatever, MGM, uses a the yacht of a very famous, the richest man in the world in the 80s, which was this, uh, I forget his name, I think his name was Ashogi. And um, I talked about him in one of the Supernatural Current Studies podcast episodes. Uh, and I talked about this guy, gave him a little mini fro- profile. And I put that as one of the examples that they use his yacht, uh-huh. his famous, super expensive yacht as one of the bond areas for one of those movies. And I'm like, shit like that. We'll never see that yacht. Are you kidding me? Joe's like, you know, people like you and I. Yeah. So like this world traveling thing is perfect. It's like it it's part of the charm. Um, that's a good. That's a good reason. Though. I never really thought of that. The double O status, be, meaning that they can have a license to steal, but also airline miles to use. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and yeah. they never travel by regular airplane. They rarely do. They always have to find some skipper that fucking does it under the wire. No, it is. Yeah, it is. It is very much so. It is yeah. like, hey, uh, I'm gonna hop on your plane. All right, cool. But you know, yeah, you I got a cozy little freight train over you, here. You know, okay. you got a halo jump when you get out of here, though, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, and Ethan Hunt though is very little different than that. He uses a lot of military to get through around, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. More, way more often anyway. Uh, all right, so the ending, the ending, ending. Um, how do you feel about him actually? You know, dying as ending, putting the period there at at uh, for this era. 
I mean, honorable way to go, especially saving his kid and everything, you know. His love, right? I mean, ideally, I mean, I mean, uh, I guess my question is, well, yeah, I mean, obviously the way it was all set up, there was no way he was going to get out in time. No. Those explosions will fuck everything up in that area. No way he would have time. I, yeah. I love but, the, uh, yeah. the the ending with, like, when he, you, the, 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 the ex machina, or the Deus ex machina, right, of why this should happen when he steals the hair, right, a long time ago, and mm-hmm. he makes the DNA strand for her, right? Yeah. Which means the kid, too, because it's part of her DNA, right. um, which we established in the movie. Anyways, uh, he, he, like, breaks it. Like, I completely forgot he had the keychain until he breaks it, right? Yeah, I did like, forget to. Right, and then there. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck. Like, I was like, oh, okay, so, like, you had to make that, and then it's like, oh, you left me no choice. I was like, well, I thought you such a poetic you... way to be a bad guy, though. Like, now you can't be with the woman you love. Not like I'm gonna kill your family. Yeah, I mean, he was trying that too. I'm well, what's funny like... is that I feel like every villain that's ever attacked him, it's always been like, well, I'm gonna make you like, for example, um, uh, his, <laughs> no, yeah, uh... suffer and personal and shit. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, uh, this guy who, who uh, uh, Blofeld, Blofeld is yeah. the him, right? Very, yeah. very similar. Exactly. He's like, well, yeah, I'm going to let you live, but I'm going to let you live an empty life, right? That's exactly Yeah, that's, that's why he put a bomb in Vesper's tomb. What an asshole. Right, right. what a complete asshole, right? And it's like... And okay, Silva, so, same thing, very personal. Want to kill yeah. him in front of him and shit, or yeah. have, um, have uh, 007 die in front of him. Exactly. You know, it's very yeah. personal. Yeah. Very personal, very personal. Yeah, these movies right. do but, that but very the end, well. The, in the end, he was going to kill Bond there, too. Like... Yes. It's not like he wasn't going to live, right? Yeah. Um, and then this one, it would be like, oh, you're going to live, you're going to win, that's fine, but I'm going to make sure you you live very much so, like an empty life, you're just never going to be able to see the, the people that care most about you. Yeah. You know, because, and it's all, it all leads back to like, well, no, they killed the people who cared most about me. All right, bro. Like, fuck. Yeah. How many people Th- I mean, this movie really tackles, not super well, but sometimes it has some really great ways to do it. It tackles the psychology of James Bond. And yeah. All the other movies do not give a flying fuck about that. All of the other previous Bond incarnations. The closest I ever got was uh, Pierce Brosnan's in Tomorrow Never Dies when we meet an ex of his. Yeah. That's the only time. And it's like one scene, really, that we get something personal. But not really, you know, let's face it. Uh, two frames of this movie has that beat. So, of any yeah. of these movies, actually. Because um, even even Quantum of Solace, as fucking batshit as that was, that was entire revenge. It's like it's like an aftermath of. It really should be called Casino Royale Part Two, um, <laughs> because it feels like. I mean, it's not at all, but it's no Casino. No, it's like not. it's yeah, it's the immediate aftermath. It My is. fucking love died. I'm gonna fucking come after you. You know, yeah. the revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much. Yeah. So. Yeah. it's what uh, Rami Malek's doing in this movie, technically. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I just yeah. feel like um, I also feel like the period. But you mm-hmm. know, for Casino Royale being the original, mm-hmm. and then this one, I don't know. I don't know why they felt like they had to do it. Um, very sad because um, I feel like you're ending Bond, right? Like you're ending James. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like, and I feel like this. this you're telling me you're not making any more James Bond movies. Are you making more 007 movies? Sure, I guess. But mm. I think you're walking away from the recipe that you had from uh, Ian Fleming's character. Know, that he made. But again, um, they probably should. Those things are outdated as fuck. No, uh, they are right, but and that's fine. Twenty-five and, movies. And right. it, it is. It is. It is a thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm. A, I'm a big fan of moving on. Yeah. 
and, and stuff. The more I get older, too, the more I feel that way, which is weird because usually people say as you get older, the more you want to stay the same things. No, no, I mean, let's move on. Let's get better. Let's, it's just, I'm not saying for modern sake either. Like, let's move on for a good reason, but let's do it. Um, always a fan of that. Um, but um, I think we gave this a lot of talk already. So anything else you want to say on No Time to Die? Uh, I would say if I told anybody to watch two movies in this movies, it would be Casino Royale No Time to Die. Yeah. Basically. Um, hard to skip you... Skyfall, though. But yeah. Very hard to skip Skyfall, of course. But yeah, if I was, but those two two, connect if I was telling two movies, great book ends. Um, uh, for sure. And then, yeah. uh, what's it called? But besides that, uh, I was going to invite other people to watch this movie with us, but they're not like Bond people. You know, they're like, no, they don't watch the movies. Like yeah, that. no, I think you're the only one around me that's a Bond guy with me. Really? Which is crazy because, like, besides you, I think, yeah, you're the only one or two. That's Everyone, weird and sad. We, uh, is this like an older thing? Is this like Matlock? Like, we have to be a know. certain age because Probably you better. have of age friends. I do. And it's funny because, like, I just don't, I just think it's, I just think they think it's too complex. What? Right. So, All that shit they watch? No way. I honestly feel like they think Squid Game is just as complex. That is, I agree. I uh, speaking of pretty good show. Um, hmm. The uh, I just feel like uh, from what I've seen, the uh, what they what they get to, and they're like, oh well, I don't know what happened to the other one, so I already missed out on one kind of thing like that. And then I'm like, all right, but like I can literally catch you up in ten. No. Right, it's not, right. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, it like, really isn't. And yeah. uh, and if they look back any back from Craig, it's like an anthology. What Which kind is of crazy, movie you want? Any order? You go to the movies. This is the first movie I went to in a while where I had almost no spots to sit. I mean, that's true. Our theater, our theater was packed. It was packed. The first packed theater in a while, actually. Personally. I mean, packed. Like people were laughing when jokes were said. Oh, we know. We did see that movie, uh, The Fast Nine. That was also packed. You're right. Yeah, no, but I think this one was more packed than this one fast. Enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, I think it felt more packed because the, the seats we we went to Rosemont, those have, they have better, more separated seats. No, I know they do. Yeah, yeah so maybe yeah. felt that way. Yeah, but, but they were both pre-packed. But IMAX yeah. also has more seats. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess. We yeah. But it just felt like it was really packed. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm mean, glad for that. But obviously, they probably came to watch an action movie. They don't really give a shit what's going on. Yeah. And that's fine with me. Make the money to make more. That's fine. I'm fine with that because I love these movies. I want them to make them forever. Like they have been. My two, three generations worth of fucking <laughs> movies. Because uh, they don't make one every year. They make one every four, three to five years or something. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes longer. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And th- yeah. They're not all, they're, they all have problems. But like, just, I'm just a big fan. And I think they're just like akin to some. I think we're too old. I think we're too like we're too young to enjoy that. Like, not we're not actually too young. I'm just saying that I don't know how you and I are outliers in the group of people that we know. Uh-huh. But it feels like most well, people I think, think this is for older people. I could be, but it's weird because I, I mean, we saw these because our parents wanted to watch this. You know that, right? Yeah, my dad. Our, I think was a huge. Our dad yeah. loves these. Yeah. Our dad loves like he watch he'll watch them. He's like, oh yeah, I love Bob. Like, let's watch more. Right? Bob, should have invited him. We should have. I guess that's, um, that is the person we both know. <laughs> yeah, I guess right. But at the same time, I don't. I don't think he would have. I don't think he could tell you what happened in the last three movies. Oh right, no, right. Same person would be like, yeah, I just see it in action. Yeah, his era is like Roger Moore. Oh, hundred percent, Roger Moore. Hundred yeah. percent. He loves his Roger Moore movies. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, it makes me want to rewatch the entire series, but I have so much other backlog. Fuck, I can't do it. Yeah, but you, I think when you get to Goldfinger, the first, the first two type, the first two movies you're gonna watch, you're gonna be like, it's kind of rough. But you yeah, no, yeah, the first one is really rough for me. It's, yeah, uh, it is, and it's long also. Like, Doctor No. Doctor. Yeah, and, it's really rough, but like, yeah, it has its charms though. Um, yeah, because it's sixties, right, or is it earlier than that? No, 60, 62, yeah, 60s. 62, 63, 64, 65. Oh, really? They skip 67. Are you, really, are you looking at the timeline for real? Yeah, I have a whole thing. And then, <laughs> I have, uh, and then, you, and then they switch from, uh, to George Lazenby <laughs> right. on her yeah. Majesty's Secret Service. Right. And they go back to Sean Connery. They're one her off. diamonds are forever. So. Damn, yeah. That's so weird. Um, but he was a great Bond, though, even though he did, did one movie. Solid Bond. I wanted more from him. Um. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That this is almost an hour long review of this part only. We have to keep moving on. So we're gonna. That is the end of our review of No Time to Die. We're gonna take a break, much needed break, and we're gonna come back to review our next film, which is what Ralph? Uh, Venom. Let there be carnage. Oh, and there is. Stay with us. Lady, we should be out there snacking on bad guys. I am a predator. I need to be free. You have got to get control of your aggression, or you will get hauled off into Area 51. You live in my body. You live by my rules. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. Please let me fix it so I can forget again. You are a loser. Eddie Brock, I want to give you my story. People love serial killers. Please, why me? What's mine is yours. And what's yours is mine. I have tasted blood before, and that is not it. Eddie Brock attempts to reignite his career by interviewing serial killer Cletus Cassidy, who becomes the host of the symbiotic uh, symbiote Carnage and escapes prison after a failed execution. This is Venom, Carnage, um, directed by Andy Serkis. Uh, is it the Andy Serkis? I don't know. I the guy so. who played Gollum? Yes. Right? Yeah. Correct, yes. Wow. It, it is. Um, Written by Ke- written by Kelly Marcel, which is a screenplay story by Tom Hardy. Oh yeah, Tom McCauley and Kelly Marcel. I saw them a lot in the credits. They like executive produced it, produced it. They did other yeah. things. They were like all over this movie. Yeah, and then uh, obviously Tom McFarlane is the one who created Venom character. Right. Um, this is starring Woody Harrelson, Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Naomi Harris, uh, Reed Scott, uh, Stephen Graham, Peggy Lou. Uh, Peggy. You say Steven or Steven? Stephen. Steven. It's Steven. It's Steven. I know. But I, okay. Good. Whenever I see a whenever I see a PH, I say Stephen. No. Yeah. It's fun to say that because it makes no sense. Why put a V sometimes and not exactly? You know. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly I'm with you. What he gets. Um. So yeah. And, and everything else. Oh. Uh, it's uh, little little Sims. Yeah. I'll say little Sims. Um. Who's played as little Sims? Little Sims. That's. Gonna go with what's her name? Movie? No, I don't know what you mean. Oh, never mind. 
Okay. Anyways. Um, so, Venom, uh, I already know how I feel about this movie, but Oscar, please enlighten us. Well, let's hope we all know how we feel about a movie before we get on the review. Um, I had a push-pull with this movie, honestly. I I liked it overall. I liked its sensibilities, I guess, and its its overall tone. I think I really, really liked the tone. Um, but a lot of the movie really didn't work for me in the in the minutia and the details and stuff. Um, had a lot of weird issues with it. And, and the main issue is that I feel like, um, and I, obviously, you know, it's all marketing and Hollywood bullshit. I get it. And not to mention money. But, like, um, it's clear to me that this movie should be a horror radar movie. It's not. How is Deadpool still more hardcore than I, I, this Venom movie? Right, exactly. That shouldn't be. And I think it tried to maximize on the comedy uh, aspects of it when I don't think it should have. One of the three times where I would say, like, no, no, go more serious and more hardcore. It would work for you. Uh-huh. Um, but no, they did not. And I think that really fucked with me in this movie. Watch. And I had the same problem with the original Venom. Now, I, we never reviewed that movie, I don't think. And I don't think we talked about it much. No. But I remember think, I remember it being forgettable. I don't remember anything that happens in the first Venom movie. Nothing. Nothing. I barely remember Michelle Williams. Um, but I don't remember anything that happened. When this movie starts, I remember feeling like, um, feels like the movie expects me to know something. Um, you know, that I don't know. And, um, yeah. So yeah, but ultimately, like I know, I you know this push pull also like there's this push pull thing about um, I can't decide whether or not I like the fact that we're watching a villain that is a hero, or a hero that is a villain. I don't know what the fuck this guy is. Uh, he could be an antihero, sure, but I don't think the movie even knows, and I had some issues with that. Um, in this one, and I'm sure I had it with the first movie again if I remembered. Um. That being said, though, you know, Tom Hardy's fun to watch. He's like the driving force of this movie. He's not like perfect or anything, but I think he's fun. Yeah. And he makes it enjoyable. Um, some of the comedy does work, even though I would say half doesn't, roughly. Um, some of the comedy does work. And Woody Harrelson, you know, the whole, uh, you know, much like a lot of sequels when they introduce a new villain, especially in superhero movies, they open with uh, what makes a villain a villain kind of thing. They always open it with a backstory. It's very common. It's becoming very tropey now. Um, technically, we saw that in No Time to Die as well <laughs> with their opening. Um, or one of their openings, I should say. No, it was the opening. It was the very opening. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, so it's coming. It's becoming very commonplace. And, you know, it's, I felt it more in this movie for sure. Um, yeah, so I have problems with it. But I would say I did have some fun. And it has some merits, and we will talk about that stinger, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what did you think? Uh, mirroring pretty much what you said. I do remember some of Venom. Um, vague plot, but more like what they fight. Um, I do feel like the, the movie should have been rated R, 100%. Um, just, it just makes sense, the, the type of aspect. But I think this right. is Fox, am I correct? I barely saw any blood, really. Is this Fox, right? Is this Fox? Well, or Sony? I don't know. I don't think it was Sony. I think uh, it was... No, you know what? It's um, Columbia, which is Sony-owned, I think. So, okay. Well, I assume it has to be relate to the the Spider-Man. No, it is. Right, right. Um, 
And then, uh, besides that, it's, uh, I just felt like, uh, the movie was, it, it did focus a little bit too much on the comedy. Um, uh, I felt like they were like, oh, this worked great in the other movie, uh, mm-hmm. the first one, and uh, we should, we should run with it. And, and it did play out. I thought, I thought it was funny, so as you know, especially when they have like a, a divorce or a separation. Uh, yeah. Um, but, um, I just felt like, Overall, like some of the other stuff that you get, just didn't work out. Like um, all the stuff that you get, basically with Woody Harrelson, should have been rated R, like a hard R, the serial killer. The fuck. Yeah, but, right. Um, you know, just I, that 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 kind of bothered me. Semi new thing in superheroes, kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, I like the idea of it anyway. Right, um, and I just felt like uh, I just felt like yeah, there was uh, there was definitely a disconnect in this movie. Um, I had I did have fun with some of the action scenes and some of the stuff happening. Um, I also feel like they just introduced random things, um, which kind of felt like they were trying to tie characters and stuff. And I was like, why? I just like I was like, why do I care about these characters? Nothing was really um, there to attract me. So it was like a little lackluster in that aspect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely not one of the better, if you want to call, um, superhero genre movies. Um, on the bottom end, sure. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I, it I felt like, like he's trying to do Deadpool. Yeah, I guess. It, it, it did feel like it was trying to do Deadpool. I just feel like also, like, I'm not saying Spider-Man is missing in this. I feel like if you had Spider-Man in here, like, I can see why you wanted a PG-13 movie, because then you tame it down, right? With yeah, you're showing with Venom or with Carnage. Sure, but yeah. having it, like, just these guys, I felt like it almost you know, 100% needed to be. Dude, Bite the brains off, like that's the that's how they feed, and that's not ruining. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, that's not ruining anything because that's in the first movie. Like, so like I don't understand. Of like, they need that thing to live off of those whatever thing in that brain that's in the same thing as chocolate. You know, like I just don't understand why why it's not rated R. Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't even see the chickens get killed, really. Right. I'm not saying that I want those to. Those are but some it, adorable chickens. The oh, the two that yeah, they're, I mean. I I don't I really don't see it. I mean, in <laughs> any chicken, they all look the same. They yeah. they don't act like they have anything in them. They, they don't. don't act like they have personality at all. I'm saying <laughs> just chickens. Like you can tell between between like two dogs, even if they're both look exactly the same. Yeah, oh, I, I feel you. like two chickens look the same to me. <laughs> and yeah. two, but they were fine. Yeah, they were comic relief. Comedic, yeah. Um, I, and what I meant by it's doing Deadpool, I meant that. You know, it has a prominent uh, actor, Tom Hardy. In that case, it's Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool, like spearheading this project, right, to create something very unique and to what they want to their style, uh-huh. right? And with Deadpool, it has to do with perfect casting. That actor is perfect for Deadpool. I still yet to see why what makes Tom Hardy perfect for Venom, you know? Yeah. And that's where it fails compared to Deadpool. And where, you know, but they both they both follow very similar like production levels of connections. Like they're both producing it, they're both part of the writing and the story, and they're both part of the making it happen in general. They're both using their star power, Hollywood credentials to make these movies. I'm still not convinced why Venom is being made, you know, or why why Tom Hardy is interested in making Venom a. Uh, I don't want to say a household name because Venom is almost a household name. I mean, the, the, the Tobey Maguire movies did that, I think. Yes. Um, 
but uh, what makes it prominent for him to make it? Like, I don't, I don't see it. Like, I'm not saying these have to do like uh, these movies have to have like a huge fucking personal whatever. But like Ryan Reynolds, we know why he wanted to make it. He did a good job, and it's still not. It's still a fluff movie, but like he that fits his persona. It's a perfect role for him, and he loves it because he loves it. You know, I don't right. see that with Tom Hardy. No, I don't see that either. And who I believe is a better actor, I mean, way more. Then Ryan fucking Reynolds, you know, offense too. Because I know Ryan Reynolds has like a this huge fucking resurgence. Well, not resurgence, but like everyone loves him. Mm. And it's like this whole trend of um, men loving him, men falling in love with him, being like the the one heterosexual pick, right? Uh, for a lot of men. I don't see that. I don't get it, really, why that's just happening. But by my account, Tom Hardy is a way better actor, but whatever. Um, anyway, I don't know. Maybe that's what the the difference is between these two. Yeah. Franchises, I guess they are. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know I don't have a lot. I mean the pre spoilers era. Um I guess I did like I did like how they did focus equal, almost equal parts seemingly to the villain and Venom or uh Brock. Eddie Brock and Whatever the bad guy was, Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. and I like how um, they clearly hired Woody Harrelson because of his natural born killers era. Dude, you know, yeah, right. I mean, him in that cell. I'm not saying it reminded me of Mickey, Mickey Knox, but it closely did. It almost did. You know, I can see some Mickey Knox vibe energy going on in that cell. You know, a little bit, a little bit. You know, um, and uh, ultimately, I. But, you know, I think the movie was trying a little too hard, making all that fit and making Eddie Brock part of the thing just to get to that bite where he would be carnage. And I didn't really explain that, by the way, because it feels like that's an accident that should have happened a long time ago. Like, I can't, I mean, he has so many, like, falls and mishaps and fires and (laughs) happening around him on a daily basis. That has nothing to do with villains or action scenes. You know, that I'm surprised that no rat or cat has licked anything that came from, you know, had like blood, like nothing has right. ever mutated from it. Like, it feels like it should have happened if I it was that now. easy. You know, that that felt strange. That felt strange. And this is like an alien parasite, you know, that we don't really understand much because Venom is notoriously known, at least based on the first movie, I believe, because they kind of reference it in this one. Um that he's kind of like a low on the totem pole of his race. Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of a loser. He's kind of like a Zim. Yeah, and that's, that's what they talk about. In Invader Zim. First, uh, right. right, yeah, I guess so. I guess that, yeah, this movie references it. That's the only reason I'm even getting that right now. Um, yeah, he's Invader Zim. Like, he, as powerful as he is, he's really not that powerful. <laughs> right. It's like if you find out that Jor-El is just like a, you know, like, I don't know, like a janitor in his planet. <laughs> But he's so powerful compared to here, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, feels funny to me, and it's kind of a gag. It's kind of a fun gag, and I liked it. But like, I don't know. I feel like we should have done something differently, or maybe have had this um, the this secondary plot of um, Carnage be like not the main plot, but be like a B plot maybe, and have a part of the ending, and have something else be part of the plot. I mean, you can arguably say that the A plot's really. The relationship between Tom Hardy and Venom, and his isolation from his um, ex, 
right? His isolation from his friends and the ability, the fact that he can't, it feels like he can't have any because of Venom. Mm-hmm. You can say that's part of it, but I don't think, uh, again, the movie made too much fun of it that I didn't really know if it wanted me to take it seriously. So I had problems with it. What do you think about that? No, I, I, I agree. The thing that I do, well, I will say about the the beginning of the or the the pre spoiler stuff for Venom is uh, the symbiote and Tom Hardy or Eddie Brock. Their connection is really well. I like how it is essentially like, hey, I need you, the host, and it's like how they work well together, right? Or mm-hmm. they end up coexisting together, and it makes sense. Like she. You know, the symbiote can't live without the host, and but it still can do stuff with the host, and you know, sucks on whatever. Everything blends well, and it's just like I love how Tom Hardy just like deals with it, right? Like he's just sitting there when he's making him breakfast, um, just like oh, it's perfect. But at the same time, like, like that, I like that. I like those aspects of the movie, and those movies. That's like that's cool stuff to see that they're working together, you know. And he yeah. is, like you said, he is on the low of the totem pole. But we don't get, we get a lot of it, but I feel like we don't get enough, like, substance out of it. You know what I'm saying? I do. Like, I, I just feel like that's, like, the issue was, like, it's just, like, there to chew up, it's just, like, chew up time. Um, and I think that's the problem, overall. Like, what you were saying earlier, just, like, that is the problem. It's just, like, a lot of the stuff is just there. Um, yeah. Sad to say. Oh yeah, it is sad to say. Yeah, I definitely just feel like there's more in here to have fun with and think about and have substance with it. But no, I don't think the movie was interested in doing that. And like yeah, I said, like, and it brings it up all on its own. It's like we're bringing it up out of nowhere. It's definitely referencing all these things. And I feel like it wants to be. I think if it wants to be light and airy and stuff, then it should really focus on, I don't know, some other aspect. But I, you know, I think a lot of that goes with it should be probably a horror movie. Or it should be more of a horror movie than it is. Um, and if it wants to be serious, then, you know, lean, be serious and, you know, start right. making fun of yourself. I don't know. I feel conflicted about it. But um, you want to get, you get into spoilers? I think so. Okay. Spoilers for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, starting right now. Cletus Cassidy, you have been tried, convicted, and sentenced to death by the state of California. May your passing bring closure to the victim's families, and may you find peace in the hereafter. Soon come chaos. Chaos soon come. Are those your final words? Enjoy the show.
Uh, so it was clear to me that Banshee was going to come into play as a huge foil for either or both. I just felt in like that flashback. I'm like, oh, that's so, so specific to be against Venom. <laughs> I just felt like it was so forced, and then at the same time, like I, I don't know. I had a lot of issues with that character. Like I just like, yeah, why is I mean, introduced. Also, like, how are you going to introduce the fact that we have people like this in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, no one talks about it. No I one. feel like she's a Suicide Squad member that's like, going to be a one, but for the I, Marvel. I, movie. Yeah, I, fe- I felt like it. Right? Like, she feels like she's in prison for all this time. Feels like, you know, uh, the Waller character from Suicide Squad is going to totally recruit her any day now to go fight some South American thing. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. She's just in the wrong franchise. Or universe. Yeah. Uh, and 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 honestly, her revenge story, like her entire story, was like written badly and not given enough attention to. I didn't believe it for one second that she would give a shit about her eye that much. When would she? I mean, it seems like her revenge thing would be just the people who's holding her, or holding her, or keeping her like, away from her man. And yeah, but you know like, what? That but that, that, really that, that, that did feel very much a uh, natural killers kind of stuff going on. Um, oh yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah, I can see a lot of this. A lot of the stuff did feel very much like. I, I, I saw a resemblance of it. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to use this, you know? And that worked. That was a cool, like, relationship that they had, right? That was, I like that. And the fact that they, they put all that stuff together and they, they never lost their crazy love, which is just you know, bonkers. Yeah, yeah, you're um, right. That is very Mickey and Mallory Knox. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very much so. So I like I liked that. But then it's just like after that, there's really nothing else going on. And the movie doesn't do anything good either. So, yeah. Yeah, and she's ultimately kind of a shitty foil, like I said. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really hit home. For example, when Carnage wants to kill her later on, that towards at the end, end right of the battle, um, it doesn't because it, everyone saw it coming, and it didn't really hit home when it did. You know, everyone right. saw it coming. He already threatened her in the car when he, she first used the Banshee powers. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, oh, come on, yeah. isn't it obvious? And the whole necessary for the wedding, I don't, I don't really get that either. I, I know it goes with their psychosis, like what makes them crazy. Yeah. After all this time, but it's for as much screen time as we get from from I don't want to say both because we don't get much from her, but the screen time we get from him, I feel like they're missing something crucial here still about this craziness or whatever. Or I don't yeah, know. I, did, I did feel like that too. It's like they were just saying, well, like they've been separated for this long, so. Being separated from your love for this long clearly drives you crazy. They don't feel like they have to explain that. When like I'm like, yeah, you do, because time would heal my wound on that one. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. But it definitely wouldn't feel so psychotic about it. I don't. <laughs> I need right, more. Exactly. I need more. And what made him a killer too? Like what? Well, I mean, he was such a shy boy in the beginning, right? When they were children, and I'm like, what? How did? What kind of leap? What the fuck? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Really? You lose yeah. the love. I mean, he he's already an orphan. Isn't right. that the problem we should be focusing on? Right. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, I, so, uh, so, so we went to Bad Foster Brand. When would we see that? And we don't see any of that. Um, I'm like, is that what you want us to do? Like, well, how, how? You know, it's like, like we know why Manson became Manson. He went through jail. A, 30,000 times. He didn't even fucking finish grade school. Right. Like, no, no, no. That shit makes sense. We don't know yeah. that about this guy. Yeah, I know. No, they, yeah. they do tackle something like that. And I get it. It's just, you know, you're you're just using it for using its sake. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you could have just established the character, said it, 
and you know even even <laughs> yeah. what's it called cited other other serial killers you know, sure. saying, oh, he's like a Manson-esque, or he's like a Bundy, whatever, you know, something. <laughs> Bundy, yeah. Yeah, all right, so problems, problems there. I just think those core pro- character problems really make the wor- movie not worth it. No, I hear you. Yeah, so I have problems with it. Um, I, I don't know how much I gave it. I think I gave it two and a half, I think. And uh, and probably just because the, the the overall tone worked enough for me, and Tom Hardy is fun to watch, being fucking ridiculous and constantly falling as on his ass for this or yeah. that in some ridiculous fashion. It's funny to me, I guess, and it worked overall in that sense. Um, but Naomi Harris, though, who plays uh, Banshee, man, she's uh, again another connection to No Time to Die, by the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, is she like from New Orleans? Because this is not the first time she's played a, a Creole-looking kind of character. Uh, no, I don't know with the accent and shit. Because she does me, that in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. No, nah, she's born in London, bro. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Because I'm like, wait, she's in the Bond movie. She they always they kind of tend to only hire British. She was born in London. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Her father's from Trinidad. Her mother's from Jamaica. Okay, well that makes sense with the Creole thing. Maybe yeah. not Creole specific, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. But she plays that a lot. Like in Pirates, like I said, she plays that kooky character dress, like super dirty, but speaking in that weird way. And this one, she feels like she's tapping into that character. Just more psychotic. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, Naomi Harris, and also she plays like very different kind of roles overall in her time. Definitely the most stuffiest is her Bond character, which is not stuffy at all, but it's not compared. Yeah. (laughs) She, She might as well be super boring compared. But yeah, she's a, she's a good actress. I like her. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, what else you want to talk about? Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, besides chewing up stuff, I think we could just talk about what's going to happen at the end. Oh, well, actually, before that, I have one more thing. What do you Carnage have? was a letdown. Oh, a hundred percent a letdown. I, well, I thought it would. The been idea cool. of Carnage was a letdown. Everything about Carnage was a letdown. Well, I, I thought it would have been a better idea to use like, oh, there was a. Uh, another symbiote or something else, anything else. But the fact that it, it spawned from Venom and it's more powerful than Venom, that made no sense. That made no sense. He was that afraid made, of it, but we don't know made, why. Because he was like, it was a red one. I guess reds are more powerful. I, yeah, that's I not enough. That's nothing. Right, exactly. It's not enough, but it makes no sense because it came from you. Like, what? Like, what? What, do you mean? what, is, yeah, what does that mean? If I make a child, I can beat up that child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> it, it reminds me a lot of um, the Family Guy episode. I made you so I can destroy oh, you. you. <laughs> right, he presses that button. Right, uh, right. Yeah, that was that's funny. That's, oh, that's not ridiculous. This movie it really makes yeah. you talk about it. I mean, yeah, it is. I would say here. here put, I'll put it this way for other listeners, maybe uh, that, that how bad this movie treats Carnage is that Venom slash I don't think Carnage was in the Spider-Man Three Sam Raimi movie, but Venom was. Um, how Venom was treated in that movie convoluted and weird and obviously that's the that's the that's like the worst movie of the trilogy everyone hands down knows that um it's way better at treating venom than these two movies yeah and that and by extension carnage which is like we find out it's a literal extension of carnage <laughs> like what the venom mean um so yeah that makes no sense huh. makes no fucking sense Right. It's like they just did Carnage because everyone knows who Carnage is based on the Spider-Man yeah, cartoons. Pretty, I think so. It's sad, but 
They could have just done something else. Yeah. Which was way cooler in the cartoons, by the way. It was a way oh, bigger bad. Like it was a universe yeah. bad, and it was like, oh man, fuck, stay away from. I guess I was scared of Carnage as a kid. So was I. I was not scared so of was Carnage. Not no, even I was not either. Yeah, he looked like a petulant child. No, no, uh, no, talking shit about uh, Woody Harrelson. No, no. I mean, he did his job. I mean, I mean, I'm all fine with prominent actors getting paid for something stupid. That's fine with me. Overall, he did a good job with what he had. But yeah, he needed more. Definitely. Right. He needed more to get out of him. It's Woody fucking Housen, dude. Right, exactly. Palmetto. I know, that's like his least known movie. But... <laughs> I don't think he's the one. <laughs> White Man Can't Jump, right? <laughs> is that his name in it? No, Palmetto is a movie he was in. And oh, with, with Elizabeth Shue. Um, I only saw that movie because Elizabeth Shue was in it. Oh, uh, it was, she was in it. Yeah, uh, such a hot for her. It's a 90s movie. And then White Man Can't Jump, of course. Yeah. This one we saw together many times as a kid. Yeah. And Money Train, remember? I remember Money Train a lot. Yeah. I think they made those movies together with Wesley Snipes. Wasn't that Wesley Snipes? So that yeah, was, that was Wesley Snipes. They were both Wesley Snipes, right? Which one? Both movies, right? Which both movies? White Man Can't Jump and Money Train, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Let's see. Money Train is Wesley Snipes. Yep. So is White. So is White. So did they make those two movies pa- pa- like in the same no. like what is, uh, season? One is ninety five. Oh, okay, I was gonna say they felt like I guess they were just buddies. Cool. That works for me. Wait, what was the other movie you said? I said Money Train and uh, White Man Can White White oh, Man. Oh no, no, Can't you Trump. said Paul Metal earlier. Oh, Paul Metal has nothing to do with. That. No, I don't. It's like a sexy, sexy thriller movie. Where people take out clothes. That's the only reason I saw it. Because Elizabeth Shue was in it. And it looked like one of those movies. Mm, I was a kid. I didn't know any better. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's bad. I haven't seen it since 90. Whatever. It's also got Gina Gershon. Gershon. Gina Gershon. Oh, fuck. She's fucking amazing. She was in Showgirls. Like, right. right. And um, my favorite, Bound. Bound is way better. But yeah, anyway. Uh, Getting excited for no reason. Okay. We're going to talk about the, 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 the Stinger now. So what, what happens again? Remind me, please. Uh, th- so post credits, mm-hmm. they do the. Um, he talks about uh, Eddie Brock. They talk about knowledge, and Venom's like, "Listen, we're symbiotes. We've been alive for fucking millennia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to show you a little bit of what we know, right? And like, because oh, right. your brain can't comprehend this shit, right? Uh-huh. And so he should, gives him a glimpse, and as he's about to give him a glimpse, it looks like the the multiverse folds, and their universe folds into the Spider Man verse. Okay, and, so I thought the knowledge he was giving him made him do that. So it was something else. I, I think it's just a catalyst. I think it just happens to happen at the same exact time. That's my understanding of it. Right? Is this because of Spider-Man, what he's doing? Yeah. Well, oh, shit. Spider-Man. Yeah. So then that falls Oh, together. I forgot the trailer. Yeah. Because I never saw a trailer for the new Spider-Man movie until I saw Venom. So that they're going to do a, a, a folding of the thing? Well, they do a lot of Doctor Strange looking things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So is it the the effects of that act that does this? Is that what we're supposed to understand? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't see the trailer. Oh, sorry. Then I just ruined that for you. I'm sorry about That's that. Okay. That's fine. I, I, know, I, know, I, know, the, I know the multiverse yeah. is in it, so I'm assuming the multiverse is part of it. Oh, well, yeah. And also, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, famous, awesome movie. Yeah, so great. there's a lot of this, I'm saying, in right, Spider-Man. Exactly. So lore. basically, what's going to happen is that the, the multiverse, I think, is going to fold into itself, and then Got they, it. they spawn into it. That's what I What's the perfect time with what ifs and, and, and all exactly. the other yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. They're Loki. setting up. Marvel's doing a great job of setting it up. Well, I don't um, know if that's Marvel or not. I know Marvel will like license all this stuff, but this is technically Sony, right? This is, yeah, but this is uh, being borrowed. So, yeah, they're borrowing it. In conjunction with them? Yeah. In conjunction with them. Yeah. I wonder how that will work. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. So. I can see why people were losing their shit. Because I was like, what 
Stinger could possibly. Right, that's right. just me thinking, like, what are they doing? I, I just think they wanted to bring in Venom somehow, and they're going to yeah. bring a Venom that's going to be not Instead of bad. making a new Venom, they're going to bring in Tom Hardy. Yeah. No, yeah, right, exactly. Because technically, the Venom that is in the comics now, there's like a, it's pretty much a good guy, also. Like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, don't get me wrong, it still does evil things, or I think Venom is like part of the... Well, he has to be human. <laughs> no, I think, part, I think Venom is part of like the Guardians of the Galaxy. A what? Yeah, it's some, some crazy shit, okay. or was I'm at one point. fucking way behind on that shit. Well, I'm just saying there is, like, a timeline of that shit going on. There's yeah. a lot of random shit that I can't keep up with in comics. So. Yeah. But, Dude, yeah I'm but like, besides the point, that's the stinker, yeah. so that they're folding it in, potentially, to we're going to see him in Spider-Man, or something along those lines. I think it was, I think it was been, it's been 20 years since I actually knew recent comics of the Marvel DC lore. That's, all, that's the last time I was in touch with Recent stuff. That's how long it's been. <laughs> long time ago. And I read like little things here and there, like Spider Gwen since then, yep. and uh, Jane as Thor, right? Yeah, but like, but very little side off side things. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, so. Um, anything else you want to say about that ending? Like, where uh, you think it's going to lead more? I don't know if they're going to lead it into the Spider Man movie that they're already talking about, mm-hmm. or if they're not. If that's the case, I mean, that's a great kept secret. Um, oh fuck yeah, it was. But, or yeah. they're gonna do like a cameo at the end, like Venom's gonna be introduced into the next thing. Like he's mm-hmm. in this world now. I don't, right. I don't know. I am interested for sure to see what's gonna happen. Yeah, um, and the way Venom recognized him on TV, it felt like a recognition thing, right? Or was it something else? You think? No, he was like, "Oh, he looks yummy." He he oh, you sure? Yummy. Okay, okay. I, 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 I forgot. I forgot. Which yeah. was kind of weird because, like, I know Venom is like you know they're like they're like uh, nemesis or you know enemies, right? Um, but, yeah, but I thought they went in because of the personal issues between Eddie Brock and you know right, whatever. That's the reason they're enemies, right? They're, mm-hmm. That's the only reason they're enemies. But that's what I'm. That's where I'm interested in, is in like what is this right. have to do with anything? Or I'm also interested in potentially because this movie that's set up with some of the symbiote could go into, and we might get that whole symbiote thing into uh, into Spider Man. He might be Black Spider Man or the Venom or whatever, right? <laughs> um. Um. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're right. That's a, that could be a good thing. I mean, so so Venom is is like modern Venom. You're saying is more like Punisher, where he's like a good guy, bad bad guy. Correct. Okay. Cool. Like he's a good bad guy. He needs to live, so he should kill these. Like he's he's more like. I'm trying to think of examples where like or like a Dexter type killing other killers, right? Yeah. Still bad. It's only like he needs to kill to kill. To, yeah, I would say Dexter like, might be the best. Like, like your Dex would be a good one, right? Comparison. And very fitting too, because Dex was coming back to it. Yeah, I heard, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh and then uh I just feel like Venom benefits from killing bad guys. Like let's just wipe them off. I get to feed, I get to live, mm-hmm. and we get to stop bad guys. Yeah. So like I don't see the big deal. But at the same time that is very like Kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. Right. That's very punisher esque, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um all right. I, I got nothing else on the stinger. And that seems like it would be a good ending to stop this review, but I have one more thing. What do you think of the shop owner and her fucking devotion to Venom? Oh, I love her. That's why I said it in the movie uh, when I said it, uh, Peggy Lou. Uh, I love, <laughs> I love okay. her. No, yeah. For some reason, her stuff worked every time. Her stuff worked all the time. It was, it was really yeah. good. It was, uh, it was like that constant that was there, and I was just like, oh, okay, you work really well. Yeah. And I, don't, and I, I couldn't tell you why, but it just worked. You know, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It reminds me of like like a super fan that's just reliable or something. I don't know what she reminds me of exactly, but it worked for me. It was pretty cool. Anyway, that's all I have now, I think, unless you have something else. Nope. Cool. That's it on Venom. Let there be carnage. Not enough carnage for our opinions. Maybe we're just horror fans here wanting to see more horror. Anyway. Always. Always. That is it for that review. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to do the 30th year anniversary review of what movie, Ralph? Jesus, 30s. Uh, Boys in the Hood. <laughs> yeah. Boys in the Hood. Luckily for us, though, we were too young to watch that in theaters. No way our parents would let us watch that, but we did see it on TV. If I my am- parents took me to watch this, they're bad parents. I don't think, no, they didn't. I don't think I would have been were. three years old. I can't even imagine a scenario where they would ever take themselves right. no. us, to see that movie at the time. But I know we saw it in, 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 in on TV, though. Many times. And I know I've seen it. I think it's part of class, too. Like, it, it was a big movie. It's a big deal movie. Anyway. It is a big movie. Let's get into that movie after this break. Why don't y'all take a look at that sign up there? See what it says? Cash for your home? You know what that is? What are y'all, Amos and Andy? Are you stepping and he's fetching? I'm talking about the message, what it stands for. It's called gentrification. It's what happens when the property value of a certain area is brought down. Huh? You listening? Yeah. They bring the property value down. They can buy the land at a lower price. Then they move all the people out, raise the property value, and sell it at a profit. Now what we need to do is we need to keep everything in our neighborhood, everything, black. Black owned with black money. Just like the Jews, the Italians, the Mexicans, and the Koreans do. Ain't nobody from outside bringing down the property value. It's these folk shooting each other and selling that crack rock and shit. Well, how you think the crack rock gets into the country? We don't own any planes. We don't own no ships. But we are not the people who are flying and floating that shit in here. I know every time you turn on the TV, that's what you see. Black people selling the rock, pushing the rock, pushing the rock. Yeah, I know. But that wasn't a problem as long as it was here. Wasn't a problem until it was in Iowa and it showed up on Wall Street where there are hardly any black people. If you want to talk about uh, guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? Y'all. Young brothers like yourselves. What am I supposed to do? Fool roll up, try to smoke me? Shoot the motherfucker if he don't kill me first. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. You have to think, young brother, about your future. Boys in the Hood follows the lives of three young males living in Crenshaw, ghetto of Los Angeles, dissecting questions of race, relationships, violence, and future prospects. Written and directed by John Singleton. Mm-hmm. Um, starring uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., a very young Cuba Gooding Jr. Everyone's young here. Um, Lawrence mm-hmm. Fishburne, except for Lawrence Fishburne. No, he's the Indian. Um, what's his name? Uh, Maya McGee, Angela Bassett. Uh, Louis Avery second. Uh, this is going by top cast, I guess. We see Ice Cube is in it. Uh, yeah. John Cothran. Uh, Morris Chestnut. That old um, Chestnut. That old Chestnut. Yeah, I'm trying to see who else looks familiar. 
And there's more people who are in this, but I have to hit all casting group. Anyways, um, yeah, this is uh, this is my pick. Uh, what are we picking? Twenty. This 30th. is thirty year. Thirtieth year anniversary. Thirtieth year anniversary. This is a movie that's three years younger than I am. You know, um, I was born in '88. A movie that takes place in like the early '80s of LA. A very bad time to be in LA. I'm very still, I would say, a movie that's still very, um, what's it called, uh, relevant. Um, especially in, you know, uh, a lot of aspects. Um, now, I, w- yeah. I mean, it's just, I feel like, I don't, I feel like um, the media isn't uh, as big on it as it used to be compared to the 80s and 90s. Um, um, the media was also preoccupied with more stuff in two thousands, with nine uh, mm. eleven and stuff, yeah, and the war. Um, but and then now I just feel like we hear about it, we tend to ignore it. You know what I'm saying? If you don't live in it, that we 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 totally ignore it. But it still yeah. happens. Um, sad to say, and as in a city like Chicago, we uh, we're no stranger to that. Um, no, no, we're not. So, um. What's it called? Uh, I also feel like this movie takes place as a huge, huge uh, black culture movie. But I also feel like it's like a like a type. Like it, it almost set like an archetype for other other black culture movies and how like certain how the movie goes almost right. Um, uh, in the aspect of like uh, plot and everything like that, um, and uh, how just how it plays out very similar in other movies as well. Um, if you've seen any other movies, um, Friday, Friday is very similar to this one, uh, with our protagonist. Um, yeah, just more comedic. Of course, right. Well, hundred percent more comedic, but yes, but nonetheless, uh, they're always talking about, um, like, uh, uh, questions of race, like the, like the synopsis, uh, relationships, violence, um, always talking about, uh, how can, uh, one better themselves, you know, uh, what can one do better? In especially in a, in a situation that they're in. Um, so this is, and it's about uh, loss. It's about um, uh, aspirations. Um, very human movie at the same time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's obviously my pick. It's a 30-year anniversary. Uh, if you're looking at it in that perspective. Um, and uh, I just wanted to pick it for the fact that I just think it's, um, even though it's 30 years old, talking about Technically, forty years ago, <laughs> almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, like we said. Like I said earlier, it's such a such a relevant movie. Um, also, stars a lot of big, big, big actors. Um, what's it called? Uh, that are that have gone through uh, are still acting currently. So uh, you see where they start or what they do and what else they have accomplished and where they are now in comparison to what they've done. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Oscar, what do you think of this movie? Oh, I think it's uh, it is so it's so iconic, and I don't you know it's funny because um the power of this movie still obviously resonates with people. Um, you know, Spike Lee was already a huge name by the time this movie came out, and yet he was still very much and inspired and resonated with him. I think he said it multiple times, and in in many ways in the films he's made after. Uh, I know he had a movie at at this year. The movie uh, Boys in Oil came out as well, but um, 
it was such a unique voice, a unique kind of like uh, at the time. Granted, now again, his inspiration has inspired many types of movies that feel very similar to this. But at the time, it was like um, very unique, um, and becomes and com- coming from a not very well known filmmaker, you know, first timer kind of, uh, also kind of led a lot, led a lot of credence to the to this film. Um, it was like a lightning in a bottle, maybe. But beyond that is that even though those things did happen, I would say that the power of um, the Boys in the Hood as a, as a staple, as a household name, because it used to be, I think has definitely gone down. And yeah. not because it's bad or anything, or not because it's outdated even. I mean, it is. And only in the dialect, maybe, and in the way, you know, they have to use actual phones plugged to the outlet. You know, only in those little ways is it outdated. Everything else is not outdated. But... You know, everything else is just well, too well known now that the movie is doing. You know, everyone's way more self-aware about every single problem Boys in the Hood is talking about. A hundred percent. Where in 91, 100%. you know, it was no, definitely more was... of an eye-opening. What? Is that true? Yeah. Should we go yeah, look yeah. that up? You know, but uh, because Google didn't exist either uh, or easy searchable things didn't exist, you'd have to actually go meet someone or talk to a library or something, figure that out. But it was true, and it's still true today. And that's both. That's how. That's the impact of this movie is that it's still there. But the household name of it has gone down, only because we just had thirty years of black, you know, movies, um, and other movies in general that kind of talk about this kind of topic. Uh, so you know, it's not to say it's bad, you know, anything like that, or that it's gone worse or anything. It's just that um, <laughs> we just we just know that shit too much now. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. Um, it was so iconic in the '90s that I would watch it. Um, or I should say, teachers would show scenes, if not like whole swaths of the movie, in classrooms to explain parts of history and social sci- social studies, social sciences, whatever whatever pertains to the class. And right. um, you know, in film school, it was revered pretty highly as well. Um, I know that, and. Um, not as anything particular, just in the the way it's storytelling capabilities, like what is it able to capture and how it captured it in the, in the direction. But yeah, it's very, very good, iconic film. Um, I've always loved it. And it's been such a staple for me. It's like, oh, yeah, that movie's fantastic. You know, I almost feel like I don't even have to watch it anymore. Yeah. You know, how you get to that place in, in a movie in your mind. You're like, yeah, I saw it like five yeah. times in my past. I know yeah. it is amazing. 10 out yeah. of 10 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you, But you don't exactly go to rewatch it every other day because it isn't Die Hard. It isn't like fun no, it's, time. It's, no, 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 no. It's not a fun time. Right. Even you though know, there's, there's fun stuff in it. There, um, there is fun stuff in it. And there's actually yeah. very good lessons in the movie as well. Right. Um, that I feel like um, I would totally love to see this movie uh, with an older Leo. You know? Yeah. Um, right. Right. Like, like, I think maybe two more years. But I think he's there. Yeah. I could, Probably watch this movie with him, even though totally rated R movie, totally bad. Yeah, but it's I would. I would say if out. if Do the Right Thing never came out, because uh-huh. it came out in the eighties. If Do the Right Do the Right Thing hadn't come out, and I'm, maybe I'm missing one more, and I apologize for not remembering what it is. I would say that this is the first iconic, really amazing black movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's what spearheaded a lot. What goes on after that? But obviously, he did that, do the right. That, do the that right takes thing. place like in present or in the present time of them. Yeah, it's all present day, yeah. right? It is it's all not present day. like uh, it's not a period right? piece. It's not like oh, this is slavery right. or what's that one right. iconic exactly. miniseries? Um, 
Everyone references it. Chappelle references it. Uh, what's it called? Glory? Glory. No, that's a movie. It's, um, fuck. I, I, I forget it. I'm sorry. Roots. Uh-huh. Roots. 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 Yeah. The miniseries Roots. Um, it's like that, you know, um, which is like a show about slavery and all that. But, um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. And, uh, it's, it's just great. And, um, you know, I was confused. Uh, this is a side note, I guess. I, there's this scene. Cause this, this movie came out around the same time, not like the same year, but like in a couple years difference, I think. Uh, around the same time as Menace to Society, um, which is another one of these kinds of movies, but more about the crime. Oh, you, you cut off more about crime. It's about like, the actual like black um, perspective on doing crime, being in a criminal element. It's much more about that. Both in the hood, it's much more um, wide, wide angle than that. Uh, but anyway, uh, Menace to Society. There's a scene in Boys in the Hood that I thought was in Menace to Society. I sw- I could have sworn it was. And it must have been because I saw both movies probably around the same time. Um, where uh, characters are having a conversation in the front porch of their of a house. Okay. And they're talking about where to get girls. And one of them suggests that church is the best place to get girls. Right? They don't say it like this, but they say it like this. And uh, and then w- the leader, I guess, or one of them says, like, man, no one goes to church to get girls. That's crazy. What the fuck? You know? And I thought that scene was in Menace to Society for, like, for, like, a long time until I, I rewatched this movie. Like, oh, yeah, I guess it is from this movie. Totally oh. fucking. I wonder what conversation I'm confusing for. Now I want to see Menace to Society to figure out where. <laughs> but anyway. Um, what else do you want to talk about in this movie? There's a lot to talk about. But... Um, <laughs> um, pause real quick. It's ten minutes and fifty seconds. Um, yeah, you cut off and you left my chat. Now you're back in it. I cut off. I'm not even looking at the screen. Shit. You 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 cut off. Uh-huh. At like nine minutes, I texted you. Um, and like at the nine minute mark, and then you came, just came back and said, "Oh, that was menace to society or something." And I was like, oh, he was talking the whole time. Like, I, you literally, I couldn't hear you when I was talking to you. Oh, yeah, no, I was just talking. I'm just, like, while pacing around and talking. I yeah. wasn't looking at it. Like, you lost, like, you left the chat. What the fuck happened? I don't know. You want to you wanna end this and see if it picked up everything? No, it's picking up now for sure, but I don't know what, I didn't see it lose. So, like, I don't know what have hap- what could have happened, you know? Okay. Oh. Um... Well, I was just giving an anecdote about Menace to Society. Because I, I was talking about this one scene that it reminds me of, that I thought was in that movie, but it's actually in Poison the Hood. The, the which one? The car? The, the I think it? No, no, no. The scene where they're talking about, like, get, getting girls, and then the guy suggests, I know where we can get girls in church. And the guy's like, Ice Cube is like, no one goes to church to fucking get girls. <laughs> like, you right. can't do that. I thought that scene was in the other movie. <laughs> Oh, you thought that was in Menace Society? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see why you would say that. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe um, maybe in, uh, what's, uh, what's the parody of it? Oh, uh, uh, um, I think it's called Menace to Society. No, no, it's not called Menace. It's Menace. Don't be a menace. Don't be a menace. While yeah. something drinking the juice in the hood. It's juice like a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might be in that one. But I don't know. Uh, it's possible. Maybe I'm confusing yeah. all three. I've seen all three. But I just yeah, don't so know. Yeah, so yeah. So, um, Okay. Well, I apologize for that uh, audio hiccup. I did not notice it. But uh, anyway, we're moving on here. What else do you want to talk about? There's a lot here, but um, what do you want to tackle? Um, good question. 
I guess I would want to like. How do you feel? I feel. I feel like this is a. Uh, um. I. I like how there's. What, what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Lawrence Fishburne's character, hmm. where he's like almost a preacher, right? Because they even mention it. Like, is your dad a preacher, right? Right. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, <laughs> the way he talks, right? He's just more. He's just more. I guess educated, right? Um, but educated is not even a word, not even the right word, to be honest with you. He's more... Um, yeah, you're right. That's not... It feels... It is right, but it's not right. It is, It is, but it's not right. Exactly. He's just more, I guess, more aware and more uh, more uh, worldly, I would say, um, in aspects that people that he grows up with, right, that his friends don't want to be, don't want to be part of. And mm-hmm. not only his friends, but his community, right? A lot of his community. Not everybody, because you can't speak for everybody, right? But, um, and I feel like Lawrence Fishburne's character, even from like the get go, when he when he joins them, because it was a big rule, right? Like the rule was like you're going to move in with your dad if you keep acting up. Um, that's how he gets kicked out of the beginning of the movie, his mom's, and you're like, wow, that's kind of harsh, right? Like as a mom to do that, but at the same time, I mean, your other parents, so it's not the end of the world, right? And he does like learn, right? He learns that he's like, well, it's not going to be easy on you here. You got to learn the hard way, or whatever. And he teaches him, and everything he does for him, even though it seems like he's being lazy or being like, you know, I feel like nowadays, like you, we coddle kids a lot, right? Um, but I feel like it is something like he's teaching. He's teaching him values at all times, and he's consistently teaching him um, things, and he keeps it open. And it's crazy because, like, when you notice the difference, how honest and open of a relationship they have. Where even uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s uh, Trey, Trey's character, uh, the character, he he's always he tells um, his best friend, uh, what's it called? He's like, uh, what's his what's his best friend's name? The football player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, and he uh, he's always telling him like, yeah, my my uh, what's it called? Uh, I I don't lie to my dad. Like I haven't lied to my dad. In- yeah, yeah. He he's talking about the first time he's lying to him, and it's about this girl. Yeah, Ricky. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, like, he's like, I, I haven't lied to my dad, and I don't lie to my dad except for the first time when he lied to him and that. Uh, and you're like, that's crazy. Like, that's a crazy thing to say. Like, especially at the, his age, he's in high school. Like, right? He's about to graduate high school. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Um, and that that's like a that's a strong parent. That's a strong that's a, you know to have. Um, yeah, that is uh that is like um relationship. It's the black version of a, of a tiger mom. Right, a tiger dad. I would, I would say so. Yeah, but like at the same time, like, but in a situation like, where, like, instead of like getting them to do piano and shit because they probably don't have access to that, it's like don't, you know, as these rules to keep the kid protected, right, from the influences of the of the surrounding. What, what area, I love about him right? is that he's very realistic. Yeah, yeah, he no, feel, yeah. He feel he's a very realistic almost person, a, almost to a fault too, because he's yeah. not perfect. You know? no, no, of course yeah. he's not perfect. Everyone yeah. knows that it is almost to a fault, and I was going to say that because yeah. everyone's human in this movie. This is so great about the movie. Yeah, is that no one's perfect? Um, is that he's almost to a fault where like he's telling his son, "Well, you should have almost like you should have sex already. You should already be there. like almost these things, right?" But like yeah. he's never going to tell him that because he shouldn't, right? But at the same time, he's like, "You should be practicing safe, safe like, sex, right?" Like yeah, but he doesn't like he. Because he doesn't want to have that other conversation, he avoids it, so he says it in a different way. But he's still take, like, taking care of him, right? There mm-hmm. is little aspects of that, of that nature. Um, but what's one of the most powerful scenes in the movie for me that I feel like 
and I've always I've always noticed this ever since I've seen this movie is watching is when he when he when they when he takes to that joyride him uh, when Trey uh, Ricky and Furious because that's his name great name by the way uh, Furious uh, Lawrence Fisher they go to the the billboard right and yeah, right, it right. says buy buy home uh, buy cat pay cash for homes right right and he tells them you know that's gentrification that's this and I I love seeing that because like, I love that conversation that he has because I feel like it's it is it's exactly what it is without them saying it is you know and they're doing it for people who are in desperate need of cash who need money or whoever the case is or who can sell their property or you know make a quick turnaround on their property or whatever the case is and stuff like that and it is very much like that and you see it in those you see it in a lot of neighborhoods that you think are like you see it in, I've seen it in our neighborhoods like you know they're trying to buy out certain areas because they're trying to get certain people out like that because people who are maybe undocumented or maybe who are um you know what's it called uh, uh are in uh money troubles or whatever the case is right um trying to get them to like sell for whatever the reason is to buy less to sell more later and that's what they're doing that's what a lot of those places do that's a very powerful scene to, to explain to somebody and it's like why we need to keep certain places for us you know like for he's like what black he's like we need to keep this for black people you know yeah. black owned black uh, run and that's a very important thing you know and that goes just for bur- a lot of neighborhoods um not just you know in crenshaw but it's a very powerful scene to get like that explanation that i feel like no one would like so- that's something like you would ask somebody and i don't think my parents would be able to tell me that that's just somebody don't listen to that and i feel like that would have been the answer i've received from somebody you know mm-hmm um, yeah. And like watching it from this, I've always seen. I've always it's always been like ingrained in my head. Every time I see a sign like that, I'm like, yeah, like that sucks. Like, it sucks that it's still something that happens. Like even though, like I think we're all aware of that. Not all of us, because new generations and stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, and there's um, there's a lot of um, a lot of mirroring going on, kind of um, like a lot of uh, yeah, mirroring. I guess best best way maybe about. The generations here, um, especially with with our main character, with Trey and his family. So he's a single, he's a only only son, only child, and um, already a little, maybe a little rare. And and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of things that a lot of other neighborhoods that are clearly not in dire straits, like like Crenshaw was at the time, mm-hmm. or like a lot of other cultures, or how let's just say it, even other races would say that they that's a problem there's a problem there a series of problems that they themselves never even considered um for example like this movie which is now a meme and a joke and within a joke of itself the idea that a black father would stick around to raise his son right super obviously we've seen all jokes about it everyone has because it's also very true that's why it's funny um and this movie talks you know presents all that seriously very seriously and does all this stuff and mentions it point blank and pretty honest and frankly about it and oh, um, uh, when he's talking to the mom and the yeah and, and, and several scenes but yeah that one specifically well, that's a, that's a, i mean that's a big scene of case if you you know like right yeah and then what she says is like dude you that's like the base minimum which is what other cultures are like what the father left why would he leave you know um but in but not in this case right it, and, and but it is she's so she's 100 percent correct right she's like don't 
don't feel special, don't act special, you know, whatever. Don't feel, make it seem like you're doing anything great. You're yeah. literally doing the bare minimum. He is your child. Like, and it's not like saying the bare minimum because the bare minimum, like, you know, it's no easy feat raising a child in the end, right? But it is, it is your responsibility. And that's what he's saying. It was your responsibility to begin with. Right. It's just, you, don't, you just seem different because you're are a smaller percentage, sad to say. And then when you, you know? think of the nuclear family aspect of this yeah you know you can see where maybe i don't think you, know, you see anybody who has a no no nobody nobody nobody's really together the mom, uh, yeah. i mean uh, maybe maybe ricky's, uh, family, ricky's mom is there but not his dad right you know, his dad's not, but maybe trey's uh girlfriend um is there uh is uh, has hers right uh, right has her family Right, That's and, maybe, and that could be know. for several reasons too. You know, the right. kid happened to turn out maybe good, and maybe right. and good. Lucky enough, it didn't turn out to be a boy, which seems to be like the higher demographic for problems to be had in the neighborhood if you're a certain age. You know, just different things like that. All that's in the and it's on the screen, but never like said, and it's all part of the same problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, what I was saying about the generation thing is that Trey and his girlfriend—I forgot her name—are very similar situations to what his father and mother were when they had him. It's like they're both very similar. Like they both had someone good or with very good intentions or, and probably some intelligence. And more importantly, like his father, a realistic set of intentions um, yeah. to raise them. And except where they differ and where it almost fucks up portray i guess not fucks up like that but fucks up as and puts it makes it harder is that you know trey's parents got pregnant with him uh-huh. whereas he is coming in without that you know you think of where the mother is by the by you know by the time um by the time trey's you know by the time the movie really kicks in into present day because there's a whole thing with the opening with him being a, a smaller child um uh, you think about that, and like she is, she has advanced in, uh, in you know, in 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 the job market. I mean, I mean, in, in a career wise, probably has moved out. I mean, her place looks way better. It's a different place entirely. Like she got out, and she got out in large part, you know, by you know keeping her sanity, working very hard. I bet, I, I betcha, and all that school and everything. But like, you know, and in his father. You know, I'm not saying he's out like that. He's trying something. He has more altruistic, let's say, um, you know, values and principles. But like he is still very much keeping it as straight as possible about these things. Has values, doesn't compromise. Would kill a burglar, but doesn't want to kill anyone. Um, you know, and it's it's um, it makes you makes you really like see how that kind of influence would wonders for trey where i really like the ending the actual last credit that this the the oh the the post um the, the description the very, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i really like the description at the end there um mm-hmm. you know shows like a future where like you know it is going to be a little better for this next generation involving people like trey and his girlfriend mm-hmm. who were raised differently yeah and um or more like you know, fucking resonantly or you know, purposefully or something. And yeah. um, whereas everyone else, no, like, you know, Ricky, who's had uh, so much potential 
and was seen as the golden boy. Now his his case is, I mean, his whole thing is insane, um, and kind of a mind fuck for me because like he could have had anything a lot going for him. He, I mean, he broke through. I'm not saying barriers like that, like black barriers. I'm just saying he had broken through barriers in his neighborhood and his upbringing that should not have worked for him, but somehow it was. But somehow he kept it was, his fitness. He kept his innocence for the most part. He was in no gang. He was not doing anything like that. Not that he didn't have friends who were in it. No, you, but that's you not could, true. You could almost say it's like his older, older or younger. I can't tell. Older, um, I believe is older. older, right, Doughboy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, brother was like took the hits for him and was yeah. like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna shelter you i'm gonna you know take care of you but at the same time like at the same time not because he's in prison half the time right yeah. <laughs> which is you know shitty yeah. shitty situation but it almost it is almost like well i went bad so you don't have to so you learn from my mistakes yeah i think he could he will he's definitely probably telling himself that you know and it's probably just because he's so used to being like the brunt of the violence and the brunt of the joke on in, with his mother, you know, yeah. with their mom, who is, I yeah. guess, from, they're from the different fathers. So they're yeah, like, and I also brothers. feel like um, I also feel like obviously having Trey as, as his best friend helps a lot, you know. Um, yeah, right. It's just the fact that you know you want to mirror kind of your friends, right? Right. Sometimes, sometimes you look. They're the closest we have, and and, and this is how much they're not. They're, they're the closest we have of like, like two nerds. And yeah, then, right. It, it they're is, not. It is, they're, they're not. not. Nerds. No, but like, not this nerds. kid wants to play football. Okay, but, like, they, also nerd, sta- but like, they also stand out. You know what I'm saying? Yes, like they, do. Yes, they, they do. stand out to the point where, like, well, you don't do anything else. You like, well, they do and they don't. Like, there's a Marvel scene where they're talking. Like, he, they just left Lawrence Fishburne, right? Um, uh, at the billboard thing, and he's like, "Man, your dad's a preacher." He's like, "No, I never preached or whatever," right? And mm. then he's like, "Yeah," like he's like, "Man, well, what's it called?" Um, he's speaking like truth or whatever, right? And, you know, a lot of, like, this is uh, hard to be a son or whatever, this and that. We learn a lot from him. He's a very smart guy. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I wonder where these guys are at. They're like, well, you know, they're in the same place as always. Like, man, a bunch of bums. Like, they, they'll never learn. They should have learned, right? Is they, well, you want to go with them? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Like, what? Like, yeah. But they also want to be a part of the life of what everyone else does. You know, they're also just. Yeah, they're they also just as susceptible to the surrounding areas as, as anyone else. Susceptible, exactly. Very much I mean, so. And even Trey. I mean, Trey also, for, for many things. Oh, very much so. Especially so with the way, sex thing. Especially with the sex yeah. thing, yeah. Oh I mean, God. he feels the, the pressure for the sex thing. I mean, that's why he makes so many mistakes, honestly. No, of course, of course. Um, yeah, even, even the way he that, dresses. Uh, yeah. The first time with the barbecue. What do they yeah, say? They say that he looks like he's a dealer, right? That he looks like, you know, high-end or whatever. Well, because he happens to work at a clothing store, right? Exactly. Um, which probably chose for that reason. Um, uh, you know, in that car, that scene, car scene after the billboard scene, they're talking before they say that, that thing about, you know, going to see these bumps is that he, uh, Ricky mentions that, yeah, man, which my brother was here to hear him. Maybe yeah. something will come through to him yeah. and stuff. He like does that. hear that. Yeah. So that was also very interesting. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> um, so Trey, Trey, you know, I mean, he just, I mean, there's got to be some sort of luck involved because it is about luck as well. You know how when you grow up, the friends, the people that are around you are your friends. It's not if you happen to live on the street, therefore the kids across the street are going to be your best friends. Not many of them survived many. Almost like that, yeah. I mean, you'd have to make a friend at, well, they also do make friends at school because they have one that lives like a couple blocks away. Um, Yes. I I can't think of the guy's name, but the guy who's on the pacifier all the time. Yeah. You know, 
and stuff like that. They so do have like, that trend in it, right? But it's crazy because like you see a lot of them who are like, like they've, <laughs> um, the guy who's in the wheelchair, for example, you know, and like, and yeah. he still wants to be out there, you know, and I'm just like yeah. out there with Doe and everything like that. Um, and you feel like, yeah, like it is something. Um, I don't know. The, what kind of conversation? Well, a lot, maybe. a lot of this stuff has to do with uh, the whole. There's a machismo. A lot of it. Oh yeah, very much. So. I mean, every culture has this. I mean, Mexicans are fucking known for that shit too. Oh, so right. like every Italians, Jesus. Anyway, a lot of us, a lot of us, in different, just different ways. It's just that's all it is. Different ways, and because the whole world around them are against them from the get go, their machismo just it just gets more extreme instantly, mm. and a lot of it can never be like observed very well or it cannot be resolved at all and it leads almost always to violence in the really bad areas like the 90s in Crenshaw. You know, that's the whole point of this. And yeah. that's where Ricky died. That's what Ricky died from. You know, yeah. he gets shoulder checked either on purpose or not. It doesn't matter. Probably was on purpose but doesn't matter. And he can't what are you gonna, he can't back down in front of everyone. He cannot like that's, I'm not saying it's a death sentence like it's prison or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But I'm not. I'm saying it's not good for him to just like let that happen either, you know. So he has to say he like, and everyone has to say something if that happens to you. Yeah. Like you have to bolster yourself up, you know. You have to understand like, well, I'm here with my friends who are also like no fucking slouches in this street life, you know. Have to say something, and these guys just took it way too fucking personal because that's yeah. how it is. Well, and that's what it is. It's very much like, oh, and. It is very much the, what's it called? Uh, they take it personal for, dude. You know you check them or whatever. It, everything, and they even said it like where he's that guy who's still out there with the young kids, and he's the old one. He's the old head. You know, mm-hmm. he just wants to show off to everybody that he's got you know more pull or more whatever than them. You know, he's willing to go over that line more than they are. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, like, who are you impressing? Like, who cares? Like, you know, and it's just like, it is, but it's, it is very much that, that thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's shitty because, I mean, what do you, what do you do? I think even if he falls back and Doe does something, I think it still falls on him because he's with Doe, you know? Yeah. Even if he says something or he doesn't, he's going to say something. You have to, right? Like, how do you not say something? Then you then you're like that guy who's just gonna get picked on the rest of his life, or the rest of his life in Crenshaw. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, so like, for a lot of people, they'll never get out either. So. Right, exactly. Not that he wasn't. He was like on his way out, you know. But yeah, man, when I saw those test scores, uh, fuck you. That's that's heartbreaking. A hundred percent heartbreaking. That was heartbreaking. Yeah, because he was like, you know, and this is again part of the raising up. You know, part of no matter how much his mom can sell him, he's a golden boy. The rest of the world ain't doing that. So. He was already like planning on failing this test. He, like he failed it already. He, 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 in I his mean, mind, he, he failed it before he got the. He results. really did. I mean, even when he was they planning on the going to the military, the test. Yeah, right? He was. He was planning on going to the military. He was asking about the military this and try to get some out of that. I mean, he probably wouldn't have honestly gotten him no. out of it. Prob, but he was talking him down, and um, again regurgitating exactly what his father told him, which is again more Malcolm X. But I, dude, I'm with him. On that front, yeah, the, the government don't give a shit about him. <laughs> no, uh, that's how my that's also my opinion, but that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, man, and it's just that was like, I mean, like that. He is not. He's still. He's definitely a victim to his own surroundings. And like again, you know, Ricky is should have been 
I mean, you could see this is the this is the heart. This is the heartwarming, inspirational story that people will read about with a famous celebrity. In his case, probably a football player. You know, where he as a retired football player, and like you know, twenty, thirty years later, he would be like writing his book on this, or telling an interviewer how he grew up, and telling him the 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 movie, right, the story of the movie, mm-hmm. and that he get out of that, and he had a kid, and everything was against him, and you be yeah. seeing it all happen, but it never gets that far. And uh, yeah. obviously, and never will. Um, yeah, and that's why I, you know, particularly like Trace or the the credit sequence where like, well, the ending credit would you showed through the three the three descriptors. You know, Ice Cube dies two weeks after that. You know, after his brother's funeral, which is like for the mom must be like the worst. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, him and his girlfriend like go to college separately, but they're like across the way, so they gotta go together. You know, and uh, yeah. That was cool. Like they move on, S- smaller, but they move on. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, sucks. It sucks and it's inspirational at the same time. It's a strange movie. How it does that both both ways. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, True. And also, it doesn't glamorize anything. There's nothing horrifying. I mean, it's horrifying, but it isn't like nothing is at all. Like nothing feels like an action movie. Nothing feels like a horror movie. Nothing feels like anything like that. No, Even no, the no. funny bit doesn't feel like a comedy. It doesn't embellish anything. No, it doesn't. Anything. Um, it's just yeah, no, the way it is. It's just yeah. the way it is, yeah. And that's yeah. I think that's what's very... I mean, that's what's so iconic, I think, for the movie. It's so um, matter-of-fact. Matter-of-fact in what's... There's a story being told to us, don't get me wrong. And it's still stylized in a certain way. But it's not like... Hollywood stylized, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's no, there's none of that extra flair, extra thing that we need to see. Like, I think the flashiest thing we see is when they're all hanging out in all those cars, or you know, or Doughboy's car. Like, even then, it's like, um, nothing, nothing out of the, nothing even that doesn't feel out of the ordinary. You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah, yeah. Just I would say, um, this goes along with the '90s, mm-hmm. or even. Just the time before that, but not so much, maybe because the eighties did have a lot of bad and good style, I guess. But the nineties, I would say, there's like a lot of this um, type of filmmaking in general, where like you know we 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 want to achieve more in the films we're making and the in action and horror and everything, but like you know we don't have quite the technology to achieve that. So a lot of it looks pretty hokey, which is why people look kind of not as fondly to the nineties as other things. Um, Obviously, I'm excluding the really good stuff like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I get it; those are good. But I'm saying most of them are not. And that, uh, and you know, Boys in the Hood takes it and takes like that and makes it a part of its story. Like, it's it, what makes it work is that how it's it's just there. There is nothing to colorize. There is nothing, no, no, no effect to add to. Uh, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. You know. The the only thing they have probably that they used, and I won't be surprised either if they didn't use it, but I'm pretty sure they did because it's still a movie, is the makeup department. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. Um, and I guess all the effects of the sh- actual shooting since no one right, of course, kills of course. in front of me. Yeah, right? but I mean, Otherwise. everything else, that's, I mean, really nothing. I mean, how crazy. fucked up is that, that? I mean, I mean, there's so many things. Like, why aren't you, like, first of all, don't move Ricky from the floor. And they don't take him, to, and then they move him anyway, and they take him to his house, not to the hospital. Obviously, because he knows he's not making it. But that's so interesting. All the first reactions are the first reactions I would never have. 
Yeah. Know, well, you know. look at it from the perspective of everything plays. Everything plays like from a from a callback, right? Everything's callback from something. Yeah. Where, for example, um, the scene where uh, they call the cops and it takes someone over an hour for a break in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when he's a kid, right? And it's the same cop later, right? It's another. Oh yeah, who like puts the gun on him. Who he was super nice to. Or like, oh hey kid, how are you doing? You know. Now he's a complete utter a hole, and he's like, well, he was a complete utter a hole before, but he was just he was a non threat, right? Exactly. But but I'm saying like, yeah. had he known it was the same kid, would he have done that? You know? Yes. Yeah, that's, like, that's the kind of stuff he doesn't I care. Like he doesn't yeah. care. I, I, you know, what I'm saying he doesn't care at the yeah. end. It doesn't matter, yeah, yeah, right? for sure. So, and then you have like, why would they call the cops when they know that they're going to take over an hour, even if it was murder or whatever? Why would you, you know? At least this way, you have. Yeah. Well, I meant key. like they could drive him to a hospital. You know. You you could have, but I think. He, you know, like I think he, I don't know. No, yeah, no, no. That's what I'm saying they they did they do things that I would never have done, and that's the yeah. point. Like he just knows, even if it was futile, I, I probably would have taken him to the hospital or tried. Um, but that's not that's not how they know it. That's not how they think about it, and that's what I'm saying. That's what's fucked up about it. I mean, just saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, that whole scene was insane. Um. Yeah. I was like, and a part of that scene, I was just looking at Ricky's girlfriend, I guess. I don't think they were married. Um, and I was like, just get the kid away. And then right. Ice Cube fucking comes, you know, says the same thing. He's not supposed to see this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the one thing I could take him. Can you just grab him real quick and get him out of here? <laughs> really don't want to. They're yeah. traumatizing this kid forever now. And, you know, don't make it worse. But I know that's not, that's not the point. Yeah, you're not thinking. You're hysterical. Uh, also, one of the very few scenes early in movie watching, uh, you know, for me, that I remember seeing uh, quite a hysterical scene like this. A hysterical meaning like hysteria, not like it's funny. I mean, like all in out, like like losing your shit. Mm-hmm. It was like one of my first big time losing your shit emotional movies or scenes in a movie that I that I saw when I was um, growing up. So I would say that this movie was probably the first. If not one of the first, so yeah. Um, anything else on this uh, Boys in the Hood? Um, I can't think of anything else specific to speak about. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of big name actors, though. For sure. I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. was made famous, I think, for this movie. For sure. I think so too. I'm gonna. But he wasn't this. famous before. No, he's so fucking young in this movie. It's and it wasn't until scary. Now. 1999, I think. You don't really notice because his face kind of still looks baby face sometimes when you see him. Not like now, but like 10 years ago. Yeah, um, I mean, the yeah. the biggest one for me was Regina King in the movie. Oh, Regina King looks so fucking... So she young. Same, but the and she's the same. And she's a bit, a bit character. Like nothing. A nothing character. Uh, yeah. And that, and then she directs a movie that, you know, like she's direct, she directed a movie last year. Yeah, this, this is year. her... Watchmen and shit. She's this is a awesome. big movie. There's a couple other TV series movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to America, he's a boy getting a haircut. Just letting you know. Oh, really? Yeah, like hmm. he does a bunch of random stuff. Then he does Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. Then he does. Um, you get mad at that. see that's the next big, big movie. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And then Jerry Maguire and shit. Yeah, he somehow became, he, they just um, uh, Hollywood gentrified Cuba Gooding Jr. for us. Yeah, Jerry, uh, Jerry Maguire as good as it gets. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, I do. I'm like, okay, he's making real money. He's working with white folks now. Um, right. Pearl I can Harbor. see a lot of people saying that. 
Pearl Harbor? He was in Pearl Harbor? I don't yeah, remember that. Pearl Harbor. I haven't seen that. Like, Zoolander? He's in Zoolander, bro. Uh, uh, I don't remember that movie very well. But okay. It's, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. And then Lawrence Fishburne, you know, was already kind of big by then. I mean, he was in I think Apocalypse he was already, now. Yeah. He was in Apocalypse now, for fuck's sake. No, I know, I know. It's yeah. just that he's, he also looked very young in the movie, though. Oh, yeah. Just compared to, to fucking um, Morpheus, you know. Yeah, I mean. Anyway, uh, anyway, that's Boys in the Hood. Check it out. I don't know where is it. Is it a streaming anywhere? No, I think you have to rent it everywhere. Okay, cool. Well, there you go. Um, well, you've that is it for the show. Actually, you have been listening to another movie podcast. Don't forget a couple of things. One is that you can follow me on us, I guess, uh, on Twitter. For me personally, it's an Armin filmmaker, which is filmmaker with A R M E N. You can also use that Armin filmmaker to find me on Letterboxd. Uh, Roth, where can people find you? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Don Rafael underscore between Rafael and yes. on uh, Twitch at Suitrama. No underscores. No underscores. Um, and the other thing is that remember there is an entire entire review coming after this ending until the ending of this this part I'm doing here. It's just that I'm putting it as an outtake, but there is a review of. Um, of the many saints of Newark that I did with a friend of mine for another show, uh, Jason Knight. And um, Mm -hmm. so check that out for sure. It's like 30 minutes long, 35. And uh, it's awesome. I thought it was good and insightful. And we talked really into into the movie. So check that out. So there's four movie reviews. So after this intro. Anyway. And also remember that we are a bi-weekly show. We come out every other Wednesday. So next time I'm picking the films. And I got very lucky. And the films that are coming out because they're actually movies that I'm, not, I'm really looking forward to, have been looking forward to. Uh, one of them is called The French Dispatch, which isn't a movie I know nothing about. I mean, it's just a Wes Anderson film. It's the latest Wes Anderson <laughs> movie. I'm a big Wes Anderson fan. Not the biggest or anything. I'm not gonna. I'll, I'm not gonna say that. But he is a, a filmmaker that whose movies I always watch. And this correct. Is, that is something. You it's do. coming out the weekend right before the release of this episode of the next mm-hmm. episode. And then that same weekend. Dune comes out. Dune. The we're gonna we're gonna hope to see a good Dune. They they many many people have said over the over the over the decades that Dune is an unfilmable movie. We're gonna find out if Denis Villeneuve, who has done really great movies, um, can break the can break that tradition, can break that saying, you know, can do it. So check it out. We're gonna do Dune, and it's the, the, this is the, the last entry in our anniversary. Marathon. We're not doing a forty year or anything. We just thirty is the cap. So my thirtieth year anniversary pick. You know, it was very hard. It was super hard, and I'll get into some of the I'm titles curious next as to time. What, you ended up um, what? I am curious as to what you ended up picking. Yes, I went a little easier only because we have two movies that are only in theaters coming out. So wait, isn't Dune coming out on HBO Max? Maybe I got that wrong. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, I decided to go for, and this is just to be different in genre, is uh, I went for the classic Jonathan Demme epic, Silence of the Lambs. The Silence of the Lambs. So I went with that because, um, I, I mean, I could talk about that movie for like an hour. Honestly, there's a lot in there for me to enjoy, and it's an, a, a truly fantastic movie. And I didn't want to, I don't want to, I didn't, like, I, Naked Lunch was also very close, but that's too weird. JFK is too long. You know, a lot of these are like, I mean, I want to talk about these movies eventually. But they don't have to be next week, so or next time. Mm-hmm. So I figure Sounds of the Lamps is a great way to go. Anyway, check those out and check us out in two weeks. Until then, 
I am Oscar. And Ralph. See you later. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Okay, we obviously it's not going to be part of the main show, but I'm going to start asking you. Oh no! Yeah, I'm going to start by asking you before, before, before I ask you about the movie. My blood pressure. Um, it's already going up. How do how do you feel today about the ending of the show? I know we um, talked about it before. Yeah, yeah. And I think I remember, if I remember correctly, is that you have either calmed down from that ending or have retrofittedly like think something else about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm not angry about it anymore. I was at the time for sure, just like everybody else. You were so invested in this show and these characters, and you know, it became a ritual to watch, and then to have it end like that was just it, it felt like a slap in the face at the time. Um, right, mm-hmm. and I still think it's a it's a shitty way to end a show. It's a piss poor way. Oh, we're gonna leave it up to the audience. No, fuck you. You're lazy. Um, that's that's the way I feel about it. But yeah, I'm over it. Um, I would never right. watch it again. But oh, I want to watch it again. Um, okay. Um, so I said because I wasn't sure because I thought I don't know if you changed your mind on it or not. But you haven't. But you still not like you're not mad anymore. But like you haven't changed your mind about the ending. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I I, th- I have an opinion on what happened. Like I do believe he got killed. You know, I mean, I don't think it's an opinion at all. I don't think it leaves anything ambiguous. I think they all die. It's a hundred percent for sure. I don't see why people ever were confused by it. My my opinion. Yeah. But um. But yeah, I mean, I was with you on that day too because I think we saw it together, didn't we? Did we? We I, I, we were at our we were at our place in Oak Park. Uh, yeah, oh. I went to Oak Park place a lot. I think we saw it together. Did we? Okay. I don't remember, but I remember that we thought the same thing. Like the. I remember thinking the same thing. I know you did too. So again, maybe that's why I'm confusing it. But mm-hmm. um, that the fucking cable went out, or um, <laughs> absolutely, I right. I literally got up and checked the back right. of the television, right? But I then the cable came out, and I was the same way. But you know, there's there's two two two, two things with that, and wh- one of them is that culturally, you know, the, everyone claims a lot of people, critics mainly, critics and and filmmakers claim that uh, the Sopranos is the is when the golden age of cinema star, uh, TV started, right? The golden age of TV shows started mm. and came out. And before that, TV shows were shit compared until The Sopranos came, right? That's how good it was, right? And I agree. It's a great fucking show. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've since rewatched the show once more. And I have the Blu-rays. I'm going to watch it again. That Maybe maybe next year or this year. I don't know when I'll start. Because um, I have the Blu-rays. And... Um, and when I we watched it years later, but now it's been years since then, um, with a friend that was showing it to her for, for the first time to her, I was like noticing how much funnier it was. I'm like, oh my god, this is really funny and great, and uh, it's fucking awesome. I found out that my second rewatch that it, the show is very obvious. Is it's it really? Lot, it's super obvious. There's nothing ambiguous. <laughs> as far Isn't as it? what's going to happen at the uh, end. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Nothing ambiguous about it. I saw it again. I was like, it was so painfully obvious that uh jay jay's eyes today will notice it immediately really yes 100 percent. even if you've seen it for the first time today you would still like oh yeah yes they're all dead except for meadow who's parking in the front right so aj too yeah and Car- wow. and carmela and carmela yeah yeah um so here's why it's obvious one and i don't, I don't know if you remember this because again we saw some a lot of these episodes together um in that last season there's a deal that tony does with um 
Colombians, I think. I don't remember some South American uh, cartel or group of criminals, and they're talking like not behind his back, but they're talking in Spanish in front of him in order for him not to understand them. And I translated it for you that day. I said, "Holy shit!" He said something about bumping him off, about doing some hit on him or something. He said something like that. He really? didn't say it like that, but he said, "Are we going to do that thing with Tony soon?" But he said it to his partner in Spanish. As Tony's looking puzzly at him, like, what did you say? I don't understand you, you know, Whoa. as they're finishing this deal. And I remember, and again, I, I have to rewatch it again because I don't remember the details anymore. But I know that it, that involved Polly. It involved like that's Polly's uh, uh, scheme or plan or what? Um, or whatever. And that my my hypothesis, again, not knowing the details anymore, is that was at the time that Polly hired these guys to kill Tony. <gasps> after this deal was made with, with whoever the big bad was at the time. Um, and that Polly was taking over because he was the only remaining crew member. Oh my Cassil, God. Casil was dead. Everyone else is dead. Everyone's dead by that point. Sil was dead. dead. Sil got killed when he got shot. Remember? <sighs> I don't. I honestly don't. He got Damn. shot in the last episode or the second to last episode, I want to say. And then Polly was the only remaining one. He was having a lot of troubles with Tony and his leadership and his bullshit. You know, the whole thing with the mom, with the whole thing with the church. He was constantly like fucking hating everyone and hating how his life was in a shitty house and shit. And kind of, I think he wanted more. And I think he planned this thing. That was my idea. Anyway, but, but that's not, you know, that's just a hypothesis. Now to the ending, the second to the last episode, Tony literally, <laughs> or was it second? Yeah, it was second to last episode. Uh, Tony literally, they do a flashback on earlier that season where Tony and some guy talks about how it feels, how it, how when you die, it all goes to black. Did they really? They really said it. They literally, they not only put it in the season, but they also flashback to it in, this, in the episode before the ending. Holy shit. Where Tony mentions that, how it goes to black when like nothing happens, just goes to black and you're just, you're just gone. And then, and then the, and then the movie, and then the show ends that way. It's so obvious that oh that's what my makes God. it. Yeah, I don't remember any of that, man. Because we were watching it, we were just watching it too closely. We were just watching it too closely, and week by week, and we were just not paying attention. I wasn't either back then. Wow, I, I missed it. I completely missed it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I. Well, then, if yeah. if all that is true, then all of a sudden the ending is completely different. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's pretty obvious too. And you know which of the two goons that come in after Tony into the restaurant? Yes. You know that those two are the ones. They're just waiting for them to all sit down and shit. Maybe they're waiting for Meadow and she takes too long and they just do it. Who knows? Wow. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure about the whole family. I just thought Tony maybe, but that's horrible. No, because I think you were only one guy. I think it's more obvious that it would be all of them if um if there were more than one. And I love the Polly theory. I, I have yeah. to, like I really have. I'm going to rewatch it, but I've been having yeah, a lot of conversations too. with people. I wasn't just you that um, hated the movie, um, and then made you know made them talk about the show and how they hated the ending. I'm like, I'm like, it wasn't that bad, guys. Um, but anyway, so the movie. Oh God! What did you want from the movie? That's my question to you. What did you expect when before you hit play? What did you? I really what, what thought you, it was. I really thought it was going to be. The New, the New Jersey crew that we loved, right, with the, mm-hmm. with the series. I thought it was going to be a New Jersey crew origin story. 
seeing yeah. them all grow up, getting involved that's, in the mafia. That's also what I wanted. That's what yeah. we all wanted. You're right. Yeah, I also it, did not expect that. Yeah, and for people to say, oh, well, you should have known by many saints, Moltisante, fuck off. No one expected that's what it was going to be. I'm sorry. Some no, character right. I, that was randomly mentioned throughout the Sopranos series yeah. was going to... It doesn't make sense. You know, they did a, they did a Deadwood movie, right? Um, that were from the show that never got finished. They did a Deadwood movie. Years later, 10 years, I think, in the 10th year anniversary of the show ending, they did a movie to like to put to to fin- to make a, a finale. Right now, if that movie involved like some father's side character version of that, I would have been pissed. But it wasn't. They made, they included every motherfucker from the show. It was about them, you know. So, like, I, I get it. And I was with you. And I think what I should have done. Is that I should have read or seen a, I should have read, read the plot synopsis before, or I should have seen the trailer before, because um, then I wouldn't have been, this, and then I would go into that movie knowing that it's not about the crew, the beloved crew that we know. I mean, it's about some of them a little bit, but not really. A little bit, yeah. Like they're like in the background. Like, I mean, it was fucked up seeing um, Tony's mom. Like, oh my God, like, oh my, this is the beginning of the, of the headaches. Yeah. With the mother, you know, and I, she did a good job though, over here for me. I think so. Mom, yeah. Like, like I think she so reminded too. me so much of that old, I'm like, oh my God, shut up. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it's so bullshit. I'm like, I can see why Tony needs fucking therapy. Therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and they do a couple scenes with Tony, but like, it wasn't enough. You're right. I wanted more. And the thing is that I don't know what they thought they were trying to do with this because this movie like it depends on the knowledge it depends on you knowing the sopranos the show to work because they do a lot of shorthand yeah to, like, they don't have to explain they linger on characters that if this movie wasn't about the sopranos let's say it was just a a period gangster movie in new jersey like they would have to explain a lot more or they wouldn't linger on a character that we don't give a shit about because we don't know who tony or paul or Sil is right yeah. but like but the fact that they did both of those is like you're right. It is like the worst version of both worlds. Like you need the show to watch the movie, but you want a different movie in order to appreciate the show more. Yeah. Good way yeah. to put it. it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. So I ultimately, I ultimately agree with you. I don't think it was as bad as your, your text thread. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't like that at all for me. Well, My bigger problem was that what in the fuck? I mean, forget Pollock's Troy. Okay. Forget Pollock's Troy. <laughs> There's I'm, nobody better. Like okay, well, I, I, John Bernthal is Italian. He's not Italian. But to why me, the fuck is that white guy June? Uncle June is not that guy. Who 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 is that guy? You mean like I, what was the guy's name? His name? He's in like tons Dominic Chianese. Chianese, uh, I think, is who played Uncle June. Dominic no, Chianese. Oh no, I'm saying in the in the remake in this movie. Oh um, yeah, no no no. That guy um, who played him was some white guy. I'm like, what? It, <laughs> What yeah. he was in what? um that vampire TV show is what I know him from. Uh, yes, yes. With the yeah. Shrugoy, the um, he's also from House of Cards. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but, but like Dominic Chianese, he didn't have a a son or a grandson that could have played him. They they had to pull in this guy. They pulled like, in. They pulled in. Uh, um um um. You know Tony's uh, real son or whatever. Um, what's his name? Oh, to be, uh, to be him, right? Michael uh, or whatever. That worked, and he was a is a good actor. I think he did a good job. But like, there was I forget sons. Like, there's really no Italian. There's like ten thousand of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ! There's so many. They built bridges here. They can't act. Of course, they can't act. 
So I was thinking, like, <laughs> that bothered me way more. I'm like, what are you doing, movie? Like, what is this? Yeah, I didn't know that was Uncle June until... I can't find them as racist when they're just differently... They themselves are miscast. It's just so... I can't, it just all felt wrong. Yeah, exactly. Wrong. wrong. Pauly yeah. looked like a fucking... I don't even know what he looked like. Uh, oh, Polly! Oh no, I think that was he looked almost like exactly like Polly. Did you think so? Well, maybe. <laughs> like a younger Polly with the suit, him giving a shit about the suit, and when they tortured that guy, and he still spilled blood on him. I'm like, that's such a Polly scene. Yeah, that's you're I right. I can see that. like an older Polly going. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, how about was pu- good. how about pussy? Yeah, pussy was bad. What the uh, fuck was uh, that? I don't know what that was. In, I have no idea what that was. In two Ray Liotas. What is it with the? What is it with that? I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I feel like maybe if I watch the show, are they, are they going to mention some twins in the show, right? And they're, I don't know what they did. Like, <laughs> did they mind the show to get that information? And they're like, oh well, we mentioned twins. Either there are hardcore fans out there. We got. We got to put them in. Is that what they did? Or because it's, it's so, it's a very obscure fact because I didn't know. Right. Yes. Like that's yeah. a deep cut. Like who it's the a hell? Deep cut of a fifteen-year-old show. You know, I don't know if it works. I don't know. I'm with you on that. I don't get it. I mean, I like Ray Liotta, but like, if he's dead, like, to, to kill, fuck, cast someone else. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> cast someone else. I literally thought something. I thought like my stream skipped or. You know, oh really? <laughs> something happened with the stream, and it just skipped ahead. Yeah, uh, and and I missed all the explanation. But no, 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 twin Ray Liotas. Yeah, I feel like this. Um, you know, it would this movie. Uh, I would have appreciated this movie had we had already an, uh, that movie of the crew going up. And if we go back more in time, like if okay, this was yeah. a second one from after all that, like what got them going, what what led to them being the New Jersey crew that would eventually l- lead them in the 2000s. Like I, that, that would have been cool. But to start with this, no, no. Yeah. No. Or maybe a part two to this, the many saints of Newark, more saints of Newark. I don't know. Yeah. Take it up from when, when he did that stupid pinky thing in the casket, take it from there in the next movie. Okay. I'm in. Thing. Oh, yeah. oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. Um, I, feel, I don't like the, I don't know if I like their story device at all, because is Chris talking to us beyond the grave? What's going on here? Like, Chris, I don't know if I like their, their, they got the actor to do it, but like. Yes. Yeah, that, that's the way I took it. Chris is talking to us from the future. Yeah, and he keeps. Yeah, he's from the future. The I guess so. Yeah, but he's from a future where he's dead. So yes, because yeah. he keeps talking about this guy who's going to kill him, and he's like a teenager right now. He's like and the ghost of Christmas p- future. What the fuck is happening? I don't know. Italian Christmas future. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. And also, like one of the best things about the show that did it so good was um, was the, the dream sequences, and we had no no dream sequences in this one. Oh, that's another cool good to, point. Would have been cool to see something like stick to the bones of what made the show awesome. You know, and make us revisit that by putting a, a dream sequence in. That would have been cool. Yeah, true. Again, that's more my opinion than that, I guess. But yeah, man, I don't know. Or, or even give me the story of John Bernthal's character. He was a, a maniac, a lunatic. That would have been a great story. He did seem like a maniac, and every time he left the screen to do some crazy thing, we just got stuck in some house somewhere uh, <laughs> or something else. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Know. I don't know. And then just the way the movie was put together, it was 
I think I said this in my text, like it just seemed like random scenes forced together. It was, it was very strange the way it just flowed and moved. And I don't know. It, it was, it was, it was bad. 20 minutes into it. I text Vario cause he was watching it like an hour before I did. He was like an hour ahead of me when I started. Mm. So 20 minutes into it, I text him like, when does this thing get good? And he just wrote back. It doesn't I'm like, Oh no. And the whole, listen, you know, New Jersey riots, I'm sure they were terrible. Maybe that's something we, right. you know, people should be talking about and, and exploring and whatever, but. But maybe not in a Sopranos fucking movie. Yeah. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but. Again, it would have been awesome if it was part of this larger scale, like sequels, maybe like this should be this. This, this feels like a part two to another part one movie. It feels like we. Yeah, they did the wrong background check on this. Yeah, yeah, and maybe maybe Chase started it and realized. It's like saying like, "Tell me, tell me about Al Capone." I'm like, for that, we're gonna have to start with the Romans. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> no, no, tell me when he was born. What he? What? No, how did he get to Chicago first? When the Indians had Chicago? <laughs> like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> It's you're so right. That is no. I don't want you to go that, that far back. Just tell me about Al Capone. So his mother. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. It's yeah. You're right. I love it. <laughs> tell me about Al Capone. Well, the Indians. No. <laughs> it was a garbage dump. I don't give a shit. Yeah. About that. Do you think? Do you think David Chase started and then realized shit? I don't have anything. And then just hit was, but he had to finish. Well, here's the, I don't know much about David Chase. Um, I know that he is um, considered to be extremely. I mean, he's a very well writer. He's a great writer, obviously, but like and director and all that. But um, I don't know what's up his thing. I don't know what he thinks. I don't know if he's uh, if this is like immense pressure um, coming out. But if he waited this long and felt like he had a story. And this was his story that he didn't really know his audience. Hmm. Because I feel like a guy like that who doesn't have to really make anything. I'm not saying he's super rich or anything. I'm not sure. I'm sure he's fine. But, you know, he's definitely not as prominent as he used to be. Um, but like it's so, so long. It's such a long time ago that people have let go like you have with the Sopranos ending or have forgotten it or you know, saw it and loved it, maybe, whatever. But it's been so long that I can't see why he would feel the need to make one and make this. Hmm. I don't know. Was he getting pressure? I have no idea of the background in this movie. I, I, w- I would love to find out what what that is, though. Yeah, I have no idea. One thing uh, I read in a few different articles was that he wanted, he really wanted to do a movie about the New Jersey riots, the Newark riots. That that was That's what he really wanted to do. Yeah, okay. So it seems like he just kind of spun in the Sopranos to maybe help fund his little passion project of the Newark riots. That I can see. I mean, you know? that's, that I can see. You know, there's a great example of this. Um, do you, have you seen uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yes. yes. Great movie. I don't know if you loved it, but I loved it. That's the one with John Goodman in the basement, yeah. right? In the yeah, yeah. Yes. And, yeah, I liked yeah. it. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and um, the movie's great. It's 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 an actual sequel or prequel, whatever you want to call it, to the Cloverfield 
um, you know, found footage horror movie, whatever that was. Yeah. Godzilla movie, right? Um, and uh, it wasn't that for the longest time. That script wasn't written to be a Cloverfield movie. Oh. It was written as something else entirely, completely original, different thing. They retrofitted a Cloverfield plot in there or whatever with the ending um, in order to get funding to make the movie. Oh, see? Famously so. Fam- it was like a famous little, little, little success story. That's how they were able to make the movie. Oh, higher wow. Than- mm-hmm. But that was like a passion ending movie, really, that got t- turned into a bigger hit. Huh. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's what happened here. It must have. That's the only thing I can think of. They go up to David Chase like, oh, man, I want to make this, the Newark riots. I'm like, no, it gives a fucking shit about the Newark riot. <laughs> <laughs> you remember how it rides we have this month? Or, you know, like, you know, they probably tell them that. And like, um, but like, you know, but we love the Sopranos. You want to do a, why don't you include them into the Newark riots? See what they were up to at the time. We do that. You oh, can still have sense. your Newark riots thing. And then he may look at it and like, well, I really want to do a Newark, Newark riots, right? But the history goes too far back to actually include the characters from The Sopranos in a meaningful way, right? Which is what we wanted. Like then, but they, they clearly dominated the 80s more, right? 80s, 90s. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's too far back. So I guess I could go further back and talk about the Multisanti crew and all this shit. And that's where... That's that makes so much sense. Yeah, I can see that. Sad. Sad. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like I was like you. You know, you didn't watch any trailers. You didn't read synopsis or anything. I, I stayed no, I purposely I, away from it. I didn't. I, I stayed just pretty clean on that. <laughs> yeah, I had faith. I had faith <laughs> that I was going to go in and love this. Right. And then to have that shit happen. Oh, my Lord. Nothing. Mm. Yeah. And I think I said this in the text too, but I, I think my favorite favorite part of the movie was the foreshadowing with Christopher as a baby. Oh right, I with remember Tony. you mentioning that. Yeah, I actually hated that. Did you really? <laughs> I, really oh. did. I was so on the nose. I'm like, it's just like, it's like his Dark Vader just fucking says, "You know, I'm your father," right? Like it just <laughs> felt so weird. <laughs> like I felt too on the nose. I felt preachy. I felt like, look. We're part of the Soprano series. You know, I can like, totally see. I so can see that for sure. If, yeah. It felt off, especially when that old lady, the grandma, whoever she was, she's like, you know, when babies, do, I'm like, bitch, you don't need to explain it. Yeah. If they yeah. just drop that part out, I would, I would have been with you and like, okay, that was cool. Like the baby doesn't want to get near Tony. Um, but you don't explain it. What the fuck is wrong with the old bag? So this something your fucking old country shit. Sorry. What's interesting. You mentioned the lady, the grandma or whatever she was. Another, because I read a lot about this movie. I wanted to see what people were thinking, and right. one of the things I said is that in, I, in Soprano, I vaguely remember this. Tony would talk to Doctor Melfi about having a nightmare about a shadow woman, this shadowy woman who would be in in his dreams or nightmares, and it would scare the shit oh. out of him. And everyone assumed it was his mother. Yeah, but they're saying in actuality, it was that woman, that superstitious grandmother figure whoever she was that tony was really afraid of and that's who it was in his dreams hmm. so maybe that's why she actually had a speaking part you know that's dumb sorry 
No, no, it's okay. Well, again, it's like before with that other thing. You know, like it's too obscure, like Twin Ray Liotas. If it is a reference to something in the show, like you just referenced the sh- part of the show from one of the Melfi sessions, it's too obscure. I don't remember that. Too deep. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I didn't know it until I read it. You know. Yeah. I don't remember that, but hmm. yeah, you know, vague, vaguely, I kind of remember the Shadow Lady, but anyway, that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, it just overall didn't make sense. Nope. Nope. I didn't yeah. know it was Uncle June until someone actually called him June. Like, yeah, until he thought until he slept on this on the on the front of the funeral thing. Oh, I was, didn't know that because they oh, they mentioned his name more at that point. I see. And I was like, "Oh, that's him. That was him the whole time." I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. They probably they probably been calling him by his full name or I think something, so. and and I just fucking missed it every time. Yeah. But I'm then, like, when, oh, that's him. And like that little petty bitch. Just because he's laughing at you, gonna shoot him? Like, all right, fine. I mean, that's that's true though. That's a lot of that's that happened a lot in Sopranos. So, oh, little slights get you killed. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. also true in the Scorsese movie. Basically, mob movies in general. This happens a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. What am I, a fucking clown? I'm here to amuse you? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I thought when he did dress, like, towards the end, when he's in the pay payphone booth, when he's in the thick glasses, the black glasses, he's got the little hat on, he's wearing that mm-hmm. kind of comfy-looking overcoat. You know, he did look, I thought he kind of looked like Uncle June at that point. Hmm. But all throughout, terrible. Yeah, most of that, no. He was didn't, didn't get it. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was like the number two, right, or something. Well, he was <laughs> in Sopranos. Wasn't Uncle June technically the leader of the New Jersey crew? Well, he must have been leader after he killed Montesanti. But like in the movie, he's like Montesanti's number two. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. But now yeah. in Sopranos, was he number one or was he number two? He was number one at the start of the show. He he was too old already. But was yeah, it? Okay. it was someone else that someone dies and then something from happens in New York that leads Tony to be the number one. I if I remember correct, I'm getting my memory watching. So, yeah, I, I really should. It, they're good. It's a good show. Severo binged it before the movie came out. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> he watched all six seasons. Okay, he doesn't have hobbies, huh? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I'm like, don't you work? Every morning, I was like, oh, I'm watching Sopranos. I'm like, don't you work? <laughs> uh, okay. So what do you yeah. think? Did he like the show still or no? No, he fucking hated it. Oh, the show? Mm-hmm. Yes, he liked the show. Yeah. Okay. Movie, no, hated it. Um, no, the, the movie I got. Uh, what was her name? Filipina? She was, she was cool. Oh, the Chris's girl or Dickie's? Yeah, his father's the one that his father brought over from Italy. Yeah, she was pretty good. Yeah, she was good. I liked her. Um, (laughs) Didn't like how she got fucking drowned that way, but also like dumbass bitch. Don't tell him anything. What's wrong? No. Oh my god. (laughs) I knew that. I knew the second he. I knew the second when she right before she said it. I'm like, you're dead. That's your last speech right there. Yeah, like that. You're dead. This fucking guy has too much to prove. He has, he's like old school Italian bullshit. He's gonna kill you. Oh, you're yeah. dead. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, no matter what it is, we'll get through it. I love you. I love you. I slept with a herald. You motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Wasn't gonna let her get away with that. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, just she. She must be from Sicily. <laughs> Sorry, I know I'm trying to be good in case you use it for outtakes. No, I know, but they also mentioned the joke in the movie too. So. Did they? Yeah, they do. They say something. Um, they're in a barbershop or some like group of people, and someone mentions like, "Hey, aren't you um from Sicily? Aren't you? Aren't, aren't you? Oh no, they don't say it like that. Aren't you part black or something like that?" And like, oh no, no, those are only from Sicily. I'm from Northern. <laughs> he, oh. he mentions it like, oh, I think he's like, yeah, I'm not Platon or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even when they used Italian words, it seemed just terribly forced. Or not just, enough marrons. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, just either terribly forced or just overemphasized that they said it. I don't. It was. It, no, didn't yeah. work. I agree. And hearing Ray Liotta speak Italian, just cut it out. Uh, yeah, was that bad? I don't know. I don't have a good Italian bad. here. It was okay. pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he got... I don't understand some of this. Like, Ray Liotta is famous for being in, in, in gangster movies, particularly Goodfellas, right? Oh, yeah. Um, like, nearly all of his success comes from Goodfellas, right? Everything that he's enjoyed today in Jobs... In movies has been from the strength of Goodfellas. Sure, and I don't know why people forget this. He's not Italian in that one of those movies. He's half Italian at best. No, he's that's right. Irish. He's mainly like he will never be a made guy, and he was always a guy who would never killed either. Like, why are everyone trying to force feed Ray Liotta as something that he isn't? Good. Well, he was famous for something that he isn't. Anyway. Another great point. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. <sighs> yeah, I. Just- I couldn't wait to talk to you about it. Thanks to this show, now they're going to make a Dicky Multisante Part Two. Dicky lives. No, no, <laughs> it's called Dicky's Revenge. Dicky's Revenge. Oh, God! And they're like, "Oh, oh, Uncle June said that Tony doesn't have what it takes to be a football player." Oh my God! It's such a throwback to Sopranos. I can't take it. Or the beehive. Oh, they did the beehive scene. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if he couldn't play football or that she got shot through the beehive. I don't care. I don't think it was Uncle June that really the, deterred him. It was mainly the mother. Let's face it. It was the mother. Oh, the mother the was mo- playing everything with him with the football, even before we even saw Tony. Like, <laughs> oh my God, this, like, this woman is so horrible. You see this a football, Tony? Yeah, ma. It's not for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's, ma. Jesus. Uh, My mom is fucking Mary Poppins compared to that one. Every worst nightmare is Mary Poppins compared to what that woman turns into. Yes, that's true. And when when Vera when when my girl Vera went to talk to the principal of the school, mm-hmm. and the principal was telling the story of what Tony told her. Mm-hmm. Did you think that was going to take another turn? Didn't she set it up almost like the mother did something wrong with Tony while she was in bed with them? They they really set it up to almost seem like it was going to go molestation, but it didn't. So low key, high key. I thought that that's still on the table. Oh, but but he's what I thought of that scene. Good thing you reminded me. I thought that it is bringing that up, but 
And I don't know if this is because the times, right, that people weren't aware of this kind of thing generally or right away. When the teacher was talking about it, she was talking about it, or the principal, she was talking about it in terms of a great memory that they both had. But with her face, those reactions, it felt like she was worried about maybe being seen as someone that did something wrong in that moment, which maybe makes me think that she did do something, she but did. the principal doesn't know what what this memory is actually about. You know, like mm. they both misinterpreted what each other started. You know, I felt I really felt, I felt weird in okay. that scene. And they never bring it back, really. I mean, she tries to be nice to Tony based on that conversation. And obviously that fails immediately because she's up her ass. She's fucking psychotic. She's psychotic. Yeah, she needs um, that medicine. Oh, oh my god and when oh actually my, <laughs> um this scene i did like uh when dickie was killed and they're at the funeral this, this is like the last scene she goes to one of her friends i guess um the fear from America. she goes to one of her friends and you know they found a bottle of that drug in, in dickie's pocket oh, i'm like yeah. bitch that was for you bitch that's right <laughs> and, they, and they're right. like oh man you never know about people i'm like oh my god that was <laughs> cool that it. was a cool little touch i like that Oh, good point taken. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, bitch, that wasn't for him. Uh, okay, I'm I'm glad I wasn't the only one that got that feel, that icky feel from that scene. No, I got it. I okay. <laughs> I just don't know how on purpose David Chase wanted it to be. Um, but it felt like on purpose because, again, Vera Premier had very strange reactions to that. Like, oh, my God, am I getting caught to something? You're you're absolutely and, right. And the principal is like, oh, no, it's like it's very memory. Oh, so it wasn't about that. Like, okay. You know, wow, wow. So then I guess that would add a whole nother layer to Tony's Mm -hmm. neuroses and whatever condition he was. His Oedipal complex. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I like the movie now. (laughs) No, 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 but the movie's not like completely irredeemable. Um, yeah, because the, the showrunners, when Sopranos was uh, going on, they really wanted to keep the mother character the whole time. All seven seasons or six seasons, whatever it is. Um, but they, you know, she died in between seasons two and three or three and four. Oh, that early? The actress died, yeah. Oh, and okay. they, they didn't want to recast her because she did such a great job. They killed her off halfway, you know, in the, in the seasons. But like they wanted, their the initial plan was to always have her be like the, the key antagonist the key problem, yeah. right? The key problem for for Tony oh, and his wow. psychosis and everything that makes him to- that makes Tony Tony. They really wanted to leave that her, leave her in it. I was glad when she died because she's just so odious that <laughs> I just. But in retrospect, yes, that is the best foil for that character. It is literally every <laughs> yeah everything that makes him. A bad person and all this, and you can see how it, you know, started with her a lot of it. So, wow, yeah, yeah, they had to drop that, obviously, but yeah, mm-hmm. that was a thing. We we go on forever about this, can't we? We very nearly can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, we can. 